Let's talk about our democracy for a minute. <laughs> but let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, loud proud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Real and raw political and social commentary. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty, you shit-eating moron. Ah, the smell of freedom of speech. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast, and this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony, fuck them. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to day two of the January 6th. Insurrection Public Hearings coverage here on the Midas Media Network. We are live one hour before the hearing. The hearing will gavel down in just just under an hour now, as we will watch to make sure our coverage uh, does not skip a beat. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning. I know it is early out there some places in the country. You're just getting your coffee, just getting ready. Maybe popping some early morning popcorn uh, for all the witnesses that will be testifying today in day two of the January 6th insurrection public hearings. A lot of stuff happening over the weekend with news and this morning even. But I want to recap last week, Thursday, the very first hearing where we saw the introduction into some of the evidence into the January 6th insurrection and the select committee's work. You know, it's kind of funny, uh, Fox News and all the right-wingers out there were absolutely terrified, terrified that there was a television producer that produced the show. Well, if you watched, if you watched, this wasn't like some kind of Hollywood elite n- movie. This was footage from what happened on January 6th. They just, I don't know, put it together in a certain order that timed it so that people could digest it in a way that was timed properly. The other thing, too, that they really (laughs) was freaking out about is that people were going to watch this thing, right? Right Right-wingers are terrified, terrified that people would watch this thing, so much so that they kept spreading around lies. Oh, no one's watching it. See, no one's watch. We had, we had, I think the total count is like 200 or 250,000 just here on the Midas Media Network. Just the Midas Mighty, 250,000, I think, is going to be the number. And I don't know what today is going to bring. Today might bring the same number or maybe even more. But I just find it laughable that the projection continues. And continues and continues. One of the moments, though, that I thought was a great takeaway, um, and, 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 and for our democracy, not just for us as pro-democracy people, and not just us who want democracy in our country. We do not want autocracy because we believe the equity and equality of all the people here in this country, that equity and equality is dependent upon democracy. Autocracy will not afford you equality and equity. And democracy is hard. It's difficult. Just like sometimes it's difficult for people to know the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that Bill Barr and Ivanka Trump knew that the big lie was a big lie. A big 
lie. It's a big, huge lie. And that is the, that's the ultimate point here. And that's why they led with that evidence to show you that Donald Trump knows that it's all bullshit. The whole thing is all nonsense. It's dribble. It's only, only the ability to subvert democracy so he can remain the dictator, the king, MAGA. Because they truly want autocracy. This morning on Twitter, Constitutional Republic is trending. It's trending overnight, you know, Russia, and, you know, they get things trending overnight, get it in the morning, really get these moglodites, these shit eaters, these Trump humpers, you know, get them all riled up in the morning on Twitter about the words Constitutional Republic, as if Constitutional Republic can't be a democracy. You fucking boneheads really need to pluck your heads out of your asses and learn words. For crying out loud, I guess we shouldn't expect much for these people. They're banning math in Florida because of the CRT voodoo. As if critical race theory has anything to do with math. But we shouldn't expect much from these people, especially for them to know definitions of words, or know that, of course, of course, a constitutional republic can be a democracy. If we, I don't know, vote and elect our representatives... In our republic, this is really boneheaded type stuff. But this is this is the dribble. This is the lie that they continue to push that we are not a democracy. Forget about forget about fighting for democracy. All these libtards out there talking about fighting for democracy and having democracy being the shining city on the hill. They're full of shit because we're not even a democracy. They don't even know that we're a constitutional republic. It really is sometimes difficult to put things into words, but sometimes it's not. And when you live in a democratic constitutional republic, it is a democracy. That's what it is, you boneheads. And that's what the January 6th insurrection, the select committees and these public hearings are going to try to show you today with witness testimony, because that's why they're fucking getting constitutional republic trending today. The reason why it's trending today is because today you're going to see witnesses that are going to say the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, tried to steal your democracy. These witnesses are going to say these things. They're going to say these words. I mean, Jesus, we have we have a Trump campaign manager. We have a political editor from Fox News. We have an election attorney. And the United States attorney in the Northern District of Georgia, where Trump called to get him to overturn the democracy, to get him to overturn the election. We also had the former Philadelphia city commissioner where they tried to overturn the election that is going to witness today that, yes, Trump and his allies were trying to take away your vote. They were trying to subvert democracy. They were trying to tear down our constitution and destroy our country as we know it because eh, he's just a sore loser. So today, today we will see witness testimony in the January 6th public hearings that will show you why a constitutional republic is a democracy.
That's why they have it trending on Twitter. Because they're trying to perpetuate the big lie. And it's not to us. I mean, me, you, if you understand that this is a democracy, you understand all these things. You wouldn't have to continue to guess. But they're followers. They're delusional constituents. Still need the big lie. They still need it. They're still clinging on to it, folks. Maybe just by a thread here. And hopefully today, some of this witness testimony can tear that to shreds. I'm joined by my co-host and executive producer, Gabe Sanchez. Gabe, it's early where you're at, but uh, you are kicking this morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. Uh, You know, took the weekend to rest up, and here we are, 6 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, mm-hmm. excited to see, see what happens, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a TikTok today. I think, um, um, it looks like there's two panels, the, mm-hmm. the Trump campaign manager and the Fox political editor. So that might be the first part. And then right. they may go to a break like they did, um, on Thursday right. and then do the second one. Then there's three on that panel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm not sure what their aim as far as the direction of the testimony and the direction of the questioning, but I'm sure we'll get a sense that, um, once the hearing starts and we get into the back and forth between the yeah. witnesses and also, uh, the, 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 the hearing committee. So what's your take on some of these witnesses? What do you, what do you think we're going to hear this morning? Well, like you said, you know, we've got, uh, We've got the commissioner from Pennsylvania. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the person that was overseeing the actual ballots and counting the ballots. And then we've got the uh, the uh, election attorney um, from uh, is it Georgia? I'm trying to remember. There's five people. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we have we have the first panel is a former Trump campaign manager. Right. Um, we've got Al Schmidt. Former Philadelphia City Commissioner, so he was the one that was, you know, in charge. Yeah, of that's on the, the second thing. panel. Right, so right. I, I think, I think what we're going to hear in the first panel is what the Trump campaign's efforts were to subvert the vote. Um, you, you see the former Fox political editor. Um, you know, we've seen these Fox News texts, and you've done, you've done some videos on these Fox News texts, like uh, right. It's Sean Hannity to Mark Meadows, uh, Laura Ingraham to Mark Meadows. So I think yeah. we're going to see some of that. And I and I would also imagine that the texts that they have read out so far are not even the the juiciest ones yet. Uh, no. I would imagine that they've probably, you know, found some good ones that that uh, Liz Cheney could read out early on um, during their uh, their hearings that they had before. Right. But for these ones, I imagine that they've really held on to the ones that are really meaty, the ones that might be indicating more of a, a coordinated coup, especially between those who are just correspondents at Fox. Like, why are they having a direct line into Mark Meadows, Kaylee McEnany? Like, seems very odd, you know? And we, we saw we saw some new text emerge um, in the Thursday hearing with Sean Hannity and uh, Kaylee McEnany, the former press secretary, um, where <laughs> where they, they this was after um, the attempt of coup right. on the Capitol, the violent coup. And they were basically saying, hey, we we got to we got to pin this guy in a corner. He's going to try anything mm-hmm. to usurp the United States Constitution here. This guy's trying to be a dictator. Right. So they were really trying to work hard to figure out ways to make sure to uh, pin him up. 
and make sure he did not try anything, um, which, you know, regardless, we, we knew that was happening because yeah. if you remember, he was suspended from Twitter and it, it was almost like he he was gone from the face of the earth in those remaining days, which was, you know, it was a nice break. Yeah, from right. Chaos. Right. Right. But but it was almost like he just poof was was not. It, it, he didn't exist all of a mm-hmm. sudden, N- not just not just on Twitter, but I mean, he wasn't giving appearances. We weren't right. hearing much. Um, it seemed as if that he was lamenting, um, mm-hmm. not just in his loss of the election, but in his loss of stealing the election as well. Right. Um, so I think maybe maybe we'll hear some of that testimony. Um, but I think today in the second half, when we're talking about the election attorney, the U.S. attorney from the Northern District of Georgia, where yeah. he tried to pressure them into eleven thousand votes, you know, you know, that right, was right. All the find, me, find me those votes. And I think that's, a, you know, I, I think there were conversations. I think things got released over the weekend. that was basically saying, like, we have enough evidence to mm-hmm. indict Trump. Right. Well, so I, I think, obviously Georgia is one of the states where it's like there is a we have a good solid that case. Smoking gun type thing right. with that tape where he's he's pressuring Rathersberger to find those votes because we're going to hear from I think his name is B.J. Pock today. Uh, that's the former U.S. attorney in the northern district of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You remember the news was at that moment that he like just packed up his shit in a box and walked out of the office like he didn't right. he didn't give notice like a u.s attorney would he didn't like have this big long memo that he released he just started packing his stuff in a box mm-hmm. after he got off the phone and walked out of the office like people in the office even some of the people who were close to him like where in the hell is he going like he just he just quit and i would imagine that um we're going to hear today why that is i mean there's speculation you could say that Someone was right. pressuring him to commit crimes, and he's like, "No, nope, not going to do that." Yeah. Just the same way Bill Barr um, was pressured to, you know, get out in front of a microphone and just say it was stolen, right. you know, even though it wasn't. Just say it was, and Bill Barr's like, "Eh, I really would not like to go to federal prison if we did yeah. that." So, yeah, it's uh, you know, just like we were surprised that uh, Mike Pence was the person that would be the defender of the Constitution, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, you know, having people like Bill Barr and others who are like, nope, I'm done. Like, you know, just kind of picked up their stuff and just walked out the door and they were good to go. Uh, looks, it looks like it looks like we're getting breaking news here. Um, it says due to due to a family emergency, Trump's former campaign manager, uh, Bill Stefan, will not be testifying this morning. Now, wasn't he the one that was supposed to come? It was under subpoena. Uh, it says because of, of family emergency. No, no, I, I'm saying, uh, he was only showing up yes, under subpoena. I believe so. Uh, his counsel will appear and make a statement on the record. The hearing is delayed 30 to 45 minutes. So hmm. we have, so we're, we're going to be delayed about 30 to 45 minutes here. Um, and, and the news is here. That Bill Stefan, the one who Gabe is saying was uh, so supposed to be subpoenaed, is due to family emergency. Um, Gabe, that makes me think that Bill Stefan was going to say a lot of shit that was going to be incriminating. Yeah. Um, and um, he's being pressured not to testify, maybe. I don't know. I, I doubt. I, 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 I really seriously doubt in an important moment like this, the old, oh, my grandpa died type shit. Is right. gonna is gonna yeah. fly in. and well, I don't know what my dog ate my testimony. Well, yeah. it hurt. It 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 <laughs> it does seem that way. Um, at least at a bare minimum here. I'm gonna bring in Texas Paul. Yeah, stick stick with us real uh, real quick. Yeah. Um, 
and see if you can welcome our other guest uh, behind the scenes here. But I'm going to bring in Texas Paul and see if I can get uh, what he thinks about this uh, latest development. Um, Texas Paul, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm wonderful, man. I'm super excited. Did super just, excited. Did you just did you just hear this news that the um, the Trump's for and it it really is not surprising that Trump's former campaign manager is the one that's going to uh, skip out on testimony this morning. That's not a big surprise, I guess. If you took that list and wanted to say, well, if one of them's going to skip, it's definitely going to be him. Um, you know, the truth sucks, and it sucks to suck. And they suck. I mean, this is this is not going well for them. And this is a sign of that. What, what's your take on it? Well, I'd actually wondered which Bill Stepien was going to show up, because, I mean, if you if you are paying attention to, to Bill Stepien right now, he is not out of the game. He is currently working for Harriet the Hag, who's running against uh, Liz Cheney up in, in Wyoming. I mean, he he is still a player. He is. So it really doesn't surprise me that he would pull some bullshit like this because, uh-huh. you know, like I said, he, he's, he, he may not be representing Donald Trump right now, but he is literally representing a candidate that's running against the chairman of this committee. And, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that he pulled some shit like this, to be honest with you. I, I don't, I think in the end we're going to find out that it's bullshit that somebody had an angina attack or something, you know. Uh, uh, a what gina? A what gina? <laughs> an angina attack. Oh, I, or, I or, or that's an old school word for oh my chest hurts. Oh, oh, I, I, I didn't know what kind of gina you were talking about. I didn't, I didn't know if you meant uh, his heart hurt or you know he was just having it's something uh, else, second right? thoughts. Some second thoughts. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah. uh, it it really does. It, it, it again, this is. This breaking news, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be um, yelling and screaming about this today, but it, it's not surprising to me. Um, I want to show you here the, the uh, if I can get it here, the, the tweet that we have here um, is from Caitlin Collins. Due to family emergency, Trump's former campaign manager, Bill Steffen, uh, will not be testifying this morning. Now, the committee says his counsel will appear and make a statement on the record. The hearing is delayed 30 to 45 minutes. So um, we thought we were going to do an hour ahead, but it looks like we're going to do almost two hours, Paul. Um, That's all right. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm ready for it. You know, this is this is what we do is uh, two hours every single day. Now, I need to get you on on my show and um, get, get a get a good Texas Paul ran on my show is if, if the audience is not aware uh, we broadcast every single weekday, Monday through Friday, uh, noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We also simulcast from the Midas Touch Facebook page. Uh, speaking of that, we want to thank the Mizellus brothers uh, for letting us host these hearings here as we're going through our broadcast. But getting back to um, some of the witnesses, I wonder I wonder if this gives uh, anyone else a, a Gina-type attack, like you were saying, um, to... Uh, <laughs> To, to to usurp the 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 panel today, I would doubt it. Um, what do you make of the former political editor of Fox coming on? Do you think they're going to reveal what what was going on behind the scenes as as Sean Hannity and and Laura Laura Ingraham was texting Mark yeah. Meadows, going, "Oh, please, please, this is going to be horrible for us. This looks terrible. Please, please, please help us." What's your thoughts there? Oh, I absolutely. Absolutely. Bill Stepien was going to be the only hostile witness on this panel. Everybody else is here 
to stick it into Donald Trump and break it off. Every single one of them. If you go down the list, even Ben Ginsburg, who's a you know, he's a legendary Republican lawyer. Uh, when you when you're in the deepest of the deepest cesspit of hell, and you need a lawyer, and you're a Republican, you call Ben Ginsburg. Um, he is not happy about what Donald Trump has done because it's just destroyed the credibility of the Republican Party. And yeah, they, you know, you've got you've got what is it? Uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Steerwall, uh, Chris Steerwall, coming on from Fox. He is a former Fox employee. He has no loyalty to these folks at all. Um, yeah, I, 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 I believe today is going to be a definitely spill the tea moment. I don't see Stepien not showing up is not doesn't hurt anything at all. Well, I think it you. says I think it says more than it than it than it doesn't say right that the former campaign manager can't show up to testify. That, that there there's the fear of the truth there. I mean, really, this does this does um, get at the heart of what what is going to scare these these shit eaters is that this testimony is going to tear down this big lie because I think that's what they started on Thursday, right? With with queuing up with Bill Barr saying it's all bullshit in his words, not mine. I would have used much harsher words, but he said bullshit. And then you have Ivanka Trump saying, I believe Bill Barr. And I think those two pieces, right? If there could be, because there's a lot of stuff that happened on Thursday. There was a lot of produced video, the violence on the Capitol. But I think getting at the heart of why we still have a problem in our country with people longing for an autocracy is this big lie and it still is perpetuating, right? They're still trying this soft coup, right? They're, they, it, with his Nazi, excuse me, his, his MAGA rallies um, and everything, he's trying to really trying to usurp uh, our democracy and what it means to us, we the people. And the big lie is at the heart of it. So if you take the big lie out of the equation, right? You're, you're, you don't have a Trump 2024. You don't have people even supporting Trump candidates at some point. And I mean, people who are who are flying Trump flags. Right. If they realize which they may or they may not. I don't know. Right. We don't know what this evidence will bring. We don't know what this historical event will change minds in this country or not. I have a feeling it won't change as many minds as we would like it to. If they really truly see that they were fucking lied to, just absolutely lied to and sold a bill of goods that is not true, and it, it, it was used and designed to manipulate them through this delusion to usurp and make him king, I think that might help. And I think that's what the committee's aim is here. And his former campaign manager not showing up to testify to the truth. Oh, boy. Well, that just speaks louder than any words that he might say. I don't know. Well, I, I think it directly has to do with the breaking news that uh, the committee has announced that they actually have enough information to indict Donald Trump. And if you're Bill Stepien uh, and you're running his campaign, you know, he is the general that is doing this. I mean, Donald Trump may be like uh, Jerry Jones is to the Cowboys where he can't stay out of the business, but Bill Stepien really is the coach on the field. And all of this illegal crap, had to go through Bill Stepien at some point. So for him to come testify today, he had to have made a deal with the committee. And then when the committee comes out and says, we've got enough information to indict Donald Trump, that had to terrify Bill Stepien. And I am sure 
this is not about a family emergency. I'm well, sure the family got, emergency is Bill's going to jail well, and he's afraid of the deal he made. I've got some news on that. They just sent me, a, a, I was sent over a tweet here from Nicholas Wu. It says, we're told it is a genuine family emergency. His wife is in labor is what they're saying. Um, you know, I, I, again, I don't, I don't know exactly. Um, Texas, Paul, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I, I really appreciate your insight on this. Stick around. Uh, I'm going to bring well, in, a, we're, we're, we're doing a straight shooter. And I'll tell you, if that's the case, then I'll take my words back. I'll be glad to eat my words. Hey, me too. But, me too. If, if, if that is the case, but I'll tell you, stick around because, um, I, I got someone I want to bring in here, uh, but stick around for more commentary, uh, as the news breaks here. So thanks. Thank you, Texas, Paul. Uh, I want to bring in real quick uh, Michael Popak. Everyone knows Popak. Michael Popak from Legal AF. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. This that was an excuse nine months in the making. Well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe they planned some things. Um, you know, to have to have. I you know, I don't know if his wife is actually in labor. I have no idea. Uh, it really it wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me uh, from a, a Trump campaign. Uh, manager to lie, um, their team to lie. I mean, we, we've seen it time and time and time again with these folks. Um, so I don't know if it's true. I don't know what the truth is. It just seems to be very, very, very convenient. Well, well let's talk about, let's talk about Bill step in a little bit. Yeah. F first of all, he's not doing this voluntarily. He, he's, uh, you know, there's going to be a whole list of people today, including the former assistant U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Georgia, Ben Ginsburg, election lawyer extraordinaire, uh, primarily for the Bush and the Republicans, um, and uh, the Fox News analyst, uh, Chris Steyerwalt. They're all voluntary. I did not get the sense from the media reports that, that Bill Sepian was voluntary. In fact, I don't think he is. Now, he already gave video, uh, uh, video uh, interview I was going to say deposition, but video interview with the committee, and they know what he's going to say. But him coming live on the show today, they may substitute his video interviews, which, you know, they have a production team there, just like you do, just like you do, Tony. So they're cutting and pasting now, or they're going to bring him on another day. Because the theme for today is obvious from the, from the uh, people that have been selected. First, we're going to do tr penetrate Trump world with the very last campaign campaign manager in Bill Sepian about that the campaign knew that he had lost, had reported that he had lost to Donald Trump, that Donald Trump responded that he wasn't going to believe it. That's willful disregard. That's willful blindness in the prosecutor world, uh, which is a bad thing for a defendant that shows that you have intent that you have willfulness. So we're going to do Trump world first with Bill Sepian. We're going to do Fox world. There's a thumb in the eye, just like we did with Ivanka and, and Jared in, in his world. Fox world and Chris Steyerwalt, who was the Fox analyst who, who properly called the win for Biden and was promptly fired by Fox News. So it's a profile in courage. So you got Fox world telling Trump that he lost and Trump's reaction to that, which also shows potentially criminal intent. And then you've got corrupt interference afternoon, I'll call it, two more profiles in courage. You've got the Philly commissioner who's going to talk about the pressure that was put on him um, to find fraud in Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia where there wasn't any. 
And then the Georgia, the Northern District of Georgia Assistant U.S. Attorney, Mr. Pock, who's going to testify that he resigned. Here's a profile of courage, Tony. Resigned after Trump put pressure on him to find election fraud in Georgia where he reported there was none. And then it's going to end the day with, the, I assume, the bogus lawsuits taken on by none other than Ben Ginsburg, then who represented um, uh, George W. in the 2000 election against Gore, who prosecuted proper lawsuits that led to a certain result in the election, and who has been very vocal in his analysis of the 60 lawsuits and other lawsuits that were filed by Trump, that all of them were bogus. None of them had stood a, a, a snowball's chance in hell at succeeding. And, and here we have a Republican political litigator with that gravitas who's going to take on all of these bullshit lawsuits filed by Giuliani, Powell, Jenna Ellis, and others on behalf of Donald Trump. Donald Trump being at the heart of that conspiracy, that prong of the conspiracy. And that's what I think Ben Ginsburg talks about today. I appreciate you uh, breaking down. So excuse me there. I had my mic muted. Um, breaking down. The <laughs> I thought way- it was. No, 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 no. It, 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 it was me. It was me. It was me. I'm, I, I, you say running production. I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at the witnesses. I'm listening to you and I'm trying well, Tony, to, uh, focus. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get everything going here. You know, uh, when, when you have live news like this and the, the broadcast gets pushed 30, 45 minutes, most people yeah. would freak out. Oh my God, I got to talk an extra 30, 45, but you know me well, I could talk for three hours without skipping a beat. It's just going back and forth between Twitter and, and trying to manage what I'm going to say. But um, I, I appreciate you breaking down those witnesses there. That that um, is super, super, super helpful to know wh- where these people are. But do you think do you, <laughs> rather Bill actually shows up to give his testimony eventually um, once his excuse excuse has expired um, here? Because. You know, maybe his wife will be in labor the next nine months. I don't know. Who knows how long but they have the video? Pictures. They have Bill Sepian's video, and that's and that's what I was just going to get at. Doesn't it? Do, because I'm sure the questioning that they were going to ask him, they would queue up. Right? They're not going to yeah. not queue up his testimony and then because question him based on his I, testimony that he's I'll giving. I'll tell you right? why you're right. I'll tell you why you're right. Because the prosecutors and lawyers on that panel know that sometimes what we refer to as a hostile witness, a witness that you don't have complete control over, where you have to go into cross-examination mode, or you have to quote unquote impeach them with their own words, you have to have ready the video clips in, in case, because they don't. he's not friendly to the panel. That's the power of the testimony, if they can get it out, is that he's not friendly to the, he's currently the campaign manager for a Trump supported candidate for Congress. So he does this at much political risk. He'd rather not be there. So what you do when you're a lawyer that's uh, cross-examining, if you will, a witness who may go off the rails is that you have clips ready from his sworn testimony in case he says something. If he said, you know, in the sworn testimony, he said the light was uh, green. And now he's saying the light was red. You <laughs> say, well, sir, yeah, yeah, we, you're under oath a month ago. <laughs> and let me play that clip for you. So they're ready for him. Um, whether he showed up or not, the question from a presentation standpoint today is whether they think the power of having him squirm but yet answer each question against Trump is worth 
waiting for him to come back live and do it in one of the remaining five or six sessions, or it's like, fuck it. Let's just, sorry to paraphrase your show. No, no. You, just... Yeah. Hey, this is, I'm producing this show and you know that I, I'm, I'm all in favor of uh, salty F it. Let's yeah, roll. Let's go. roll the tape instead. And you know the <laughs> tape. The tape is very powerful. What's more, I mean, Ivanka Trump was never going to give it up live the way she did when uh, you know, you know, months ago when she's just in a little room with these investigators. And that clip was very powerful. I I think I think um, that was very powerful. And you brought up in the panel afterwards on Thursday, you brought up her her testimony. And and going back, I actually took the clip of Bill Barr saying it was all bullshit and then crammed it together. Like right after he says that with Ivanka saying she believed Bill Barr, because I think <laughs> that was probably in, in all reality. And, and I actually posted it on our pod Twitter page and said, show this to your uncle Earl and aunt Edna. And, and the reason why he said that is, like if, if there's going to be small little bits of evidence that you're going to see, it's probably going to be the testimony of Bill Barr, Ivanka Trump, uh, Bill Steffian, this Trump campaign manager. I mean, yeah. these little bits of evidence are going to be the stuff that's going to if there's going to be evidence that's going to convince people that it was a big lie and it's all bullshit, like Bill Barr said, then th- those little bits of evidence are going to be exactly. the ones that are going to get people to go, yeah. OK, jig is up. Right. It's it's it was it yeah. was all bullshit. You, you know what? Two two points on that. You're so right, Tony. Two points on that. One, um, it's obvious, but let's just say it. It also it also for Ivanka. It also indicates implicitly that she met. She was in a room with Bill Barr, where where Bill Barr made these comments. Even though you put the clip of his testimony next to her testimony, for her to say, "I believe Bill Barr," that as a special advisor to the president, she must have been in a briefing or got a briefing report, or saw him in the hallway for a direct conversation, because she didn't get that directly from her father. So, you know, this is the problem with, oh, I'm daddy, make me special advisor to the president with my husband. We want to be in the West Wing. Okay, you're in the West Wing, which means you're going to run into characters like the attorney general for the United States, who's going to tell you things like you got to talk to daddy, because he lost the election. And this fraud thing, you know, just like all these sham Republicans, they call them they call themselves rhinos. Fox is a sham Republican. You've got you've got uh, who not Bill O'Reilly. Who's the who's the guy that's on there all the time? That the, the Tucker the, Carlson. No, the other guy. Uh, who's the other? You got to watch the show. Well, he, I, I, he, I mean, I mean, how, how many how many liars are on Fox News? Is that what we're going to do? It would be because, easier to go because the ones on the lie. air on the air they say one things for ratings and so they can buy a house in the Hamptons. Behind the scenes, they're texting 25th Amendment, get your dad off of there. We oh, oh you're him. talking about Sean Hannity. That's Sean Hannity. Talking. We need to take him yeah, out. That's about. You know, Tucker Carlson, too. Tucker Carlson behind the scenes is totally uh, uh, upfront about the, the charade that he plays every week. Unfortunately, it's destroying democracy. But for them, it's just ratings and, you know, how many houses in the Hamptons can I have? Right. Well, here's here's a tweet from Rick Wilson, um, <laughs> and 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 Rick doesn't hold back a lot of times, but I, I want to bring this up because um, Rick is a Republican or was, I guess you would say, and uh, you know he's he started with the Lincoln Project, but he says, "quote unquote, family emergency, my ass." Uh, Bill Steffian ditching the committee committee is not going to play well. Um, so, so many out there are thinking that, uh, yeah, your wife may be in labor, but you know. 
this seems important too. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. This, yeah, this all seems I, played. And labor Man. can be a long time, unless she's you know labor's right. not to be confused with. My wife is having the baby now. If she's not having the baby now, I, I, I agree with him that you know I'm not I'm not trying to crap on somebody's beautiful moment in their life. However, you've been called and subpoenaed before the Jan Six Committee to give testimony about an insurrection and the possible seditious overthrow of this country by the president of the United States. Your wife's maybe going to have to have her girlfriends hang out with her for, for, for an hour or two while you give your testimony. Right, right. Well, because I don't know how long um, this panel was going to last, but it looks like they have panel one, panel two. He was yeah, on the a couple first hours. panel. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I would surmise that they were going to question um, him and the Fox News political editor. Uh, and they were going to break and then bring the other panel in. Because if you look at the two panels, the pa second panel is really more the the meat and potatoes of the election. You had the election attorney, you had the U.S. attorney from the Northern District of Georgia, and then you had the Philadelphia City Commissioner. So they're the you know they're like the nuts and the bolts of the of, of the, the interference, of the, right, yeah. right. Where whereas the political editor and the campaign manager are more the planning side of the coup, right? Like. Like, so you can kind of see how this was going to play out. I mean, uh, people are pointing out that, well, I mean, even the article from the New York Times um, is that uh, here's the, let me see if I can find it back here. The, well, the by, by the way, they're, they're reporting, I'm helping you out here, Tony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, the, besides the 45 minute late start because of Stepien, apparently his counsel is going to appear and make a statement on the record. Yes. Um, what do you think okay. that looks like? What do you think that looks like then? Terrible. Do you think, well, so, so you mean it's terrible for him or terrible for what? What What do you think is terrible? About I think it's that? terrible for Stepien. Um, uh, you know, he's going to obviously he's getting tremendous pressure around the Trump world. You, you can't be the campaign manager for a Trump endorsed candidate currently for Congress and expect that you're, you have not been bombarded with phone calls about the end of your political career. Ironically, he, he was to appear on a panel with Chris Thirewalt of Fox, who, who did have the end of his political career because he had the temerity and the courage to, to announce <laughs> that the election had been won by Joe Biden um, on Fox News. And I had seen that. I was like, wow, even Fox News is calling the race. Um, you know, what I didn't know is how upset, of course, Trump was and immediately started making phone calls to all of his buddies over there. So he was to appear, you know, uh, on on that type of panel. This is not a profile of courage by Steffi, and he's being ordered to appear. He did not volunteer to appear. He obviously doesn't want to be there. He'll find any excuse possible. Short of the wife literally giving birth at that moment, he needed to appear today. And right. I think they're either going to say, we're going to make other... Look, I think they're they're not just going to sit there passively like a sphinx and just let the council get away with a statement about he really wanted to be here. But they're going to say he was he was subpoenaed to appear today. He has not appeared today. He did not get excused by the panel. And we're going to reconsider what our what our next steps are about Mr. Steppy and about whether we even want him to appear or we're going to make a referral related to him. They're going to be I think we're going to see a harsh response by the panel because they have to defend their authority and not to have people flout their authority to appear when there's been a schedule and there's been an announcement. It makes the panel look bad. So they're going to have to pay him back. Now, the question I have for you, though, Tony, is do you think they roll tape or do you think they wait for Stepien to appear whenever? 
Well, I, I mean, I guess that's hard to tell. Maybe that's why they're delaying the panel. I don't know if they, you know, because I'm sure they have a, a plan for that first panel of how they're going to roll out the um, the, the testimony. Because I would imagine they're going to show testimony from both people and, and give them questioning on top of that testimony. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I would do. Um, here is the New York Times headline. Um, the House Jan, Jan 6 committee plans to use the testimony of Donald Trump's own campaign manager against the former president on Monday as it lays out evidence that Trump knowingly spread the lie that the 2020 election was stolen. So um, it seems it seems and, and fundraised and, and fun. That's I, I think I forgot to mention that and fundraised off the lie. Now we have fundraising fraud, which is another crime. Right. Because if you say things happened when they didn't happen and you use that to line your pockets with donor money, even if they're gullible, even if they're willing participants, because I love Trump and Trump 2024, whatever, that's called uh, campaign fraud. And if I think Stepien was the link between the fundraising, the the, the big lie and, uh, and Trump. So Trump knew they lost and and willfully used the lie to raise funds for his purpose and for other purposes. So, so you're saying the the grift is illegal is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not surprising. These, these people can't stop criming. They, they really cannot stop criming. Um, you know, the other thing to point out, I guess about Bill uh, Stepien uh, is that the campaign that he's working on is the campaign apparently against the primary challenger of Liz Cheney. So maybe, maybe the fear, maybe the fear of being in the room of Darth Vader Jr. Um, it made Bill uh, second guess his, his appearing for testimony today and use his wife's labor pains as his excuse not to show again. I don't, I don't know if this is real or not, but you know, Popak, if, um, if Bill Stepien was, uh, indicted on crimes and arrested they wouldn't let him show up uh, for his wife's for the uh in his wife's labor and the birth of their child um he would likely be locked away so maybe maybe just maybe he's trying to avoid that as well i don't know it just it seems convenient in this moment uh where uh bill himself is going to sit and not only we're going to see videotape of his testimony but he's going to be questioned by the person well, who he's running the campaign against the primary challenge. Well, well this is, <laughs> well, this is, it's, it's clear from the media reports that Stepien doesn't want to be there. He was not a friendly witness. He was subpoenaed to appear. You know, it's a ballsy. I like it. I like the ballsiness of the Gen six committee to pull in the, in your, 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 your second hearing, your second session, an unfriendly witness who really doesn't want to be there, obviously. Um, and to, but but they knowing that is exactly what I said earlier. Knowing that they have prepared Plan B and Plan C, which is including running tape of him. They may just—I don't think they ever get Bill Stepien uh, during the course of this thing. They might have to make a referral. They might have to find a, do another vote on contempt of Congress. But I don't think we're going to see Bill Stepien again. The lawyer is going to put whatever shiv into this process he's going to give today right they're going to have to i think now reading more as you and i are you know real time here i i think they're going to have to roll tape and roll right. video of his interview and i and hope get, they do and get to this and not let that derail because you know then 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 the signal is out there that every witness can totally screw up the Jan 6 committee by refusing to appear. And you don't want that. I don't think he was the only adverse witness that they were going to call or hostile witness so they're, they're going to have to start 
setting a precedent, which is going to be, well, fuck it. We're going to run tape. Right. We have let's plenty of it. tape of his testimony. Let, let, let's 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 torch him. I agree with you. Popak, I know you got to catch a plane. Um, now that we're going to have a big delay, if you can, when you land, uh, maybe check back in with us. Yeah. I don't know what your time is, but if, if you got a chance, uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. And everyone, go download Legal AF on all the directories and follow Midas Touch on YouTube to watch Legal AF on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Thank you. Thank you, Popak. Thanks, we'll talk Tony. To you soon. See Bye-bye. you soon. I want to bring up uh, our next guest, uh, David Bender. Uh, David is a political strategist. He joined us uh, on Thursday for some of the testimony, but I think maybe he'll have some insight into what the the House January 6th Select Committee is thinking this morning. Uh, David, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, uh, you know, do, do, uh, do you have us uh, some news uh, um, uh, about what the Select Committee is thinking? You think, or what? 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 What's your thoughts here on this? The only thing I know is that. Uh, it is very helpful that there is someone who understands live television in mm-hmm. uh, in the form of uh, uh, their producer who used to work with Nightline, Good Morning America. These things can happen at the last minute. You have to be right. prepared. I think that we're going to see, I, I think you're right, that we're going to see tape of Bill Step in. I think we'll see the deposition. Uh I do think that they're going to come down pretty hard, and I think it's likely that there could be some consequence for him, uh, uh, some possible referral uh, for contempt of Congress, for uh, labor pains notwithstanding. This is not (laughs) there. There should be some pain for his absence of labor this morning. Right. Uh, He he could have been there, and one of the things I think we all understood that. What could happen in this process with hostile witnesses uh, and with planning to try and throw sand in the gears of this effort is things just like this. At the last minute, you know, he was announced yesterday, pulled the rug out. The pressure, uh, as uh, uh, Michael pointed out, is that there is um, definitely a consequence for the man who's managing Harriet Hageman's campaign in Wyoming, uh, to show up in front of Liz Cheney and make her look good. That, that's that got to be something that just came down really hard on him last night uh, and and perhaps send his wife into labor. Who knows? What, what I do know is that I, I think the committee is prepared for every eventuality. I think that they understood that this kind of thing could happen. There will be other, both within the committee process and outside of it efforts to throw them off their game i don't expect that that's going to happen i expect that what we're going to see today is uh in 45 minutes delayed start we're going to see something that is just as effective and and perhaps in some ways more so because they can use this as an example of the contempt that the administration under uh, he who shall not be named uh, displayed for all congressional oversight. Remember, nobody testified during the four years of the Trump presidency. Oh, I named him. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's what this shows. They, they continue to have contempt for the role of Congress and the rule of law, and his absence can be used as a hammer. It can be used to explain that. Now, we do want to get the 
evidence that he brings of the knowledge that that uh, it was a lost election, that they were trying to explain away something they could not explain away, which was they didn't have the votes. Now, Stepien, let's remember, is is a man of of great character. He comes out of the Chris Christie world where he oversaw Bridgegate. Uh, and, and I think Chris Christie threw him under the bus at one point. It's, it's you know, there are still tread marks on this man. Right. Uh, so, look, it, I, I'm not I'm not so worried about the absence of Bill Stepien I, at all. I, what I am interested in is to see, and I think one of the witnesses, Tony, that we're going to see really pop today is in the afternoon panel is B.J. Pack, who was the former attorney, U.S. attorney in Georgia. And he was the one who uh, was pressured heavily to go along with this election was stolen business, did not, and without warning was fired. And, and it is plain that he was fired specifically for not going along with the plot in Georgia. So this is this is going to be important today, not only for what we're seeing here and the potential for criminality that could be referred to uh, Merrick Garland. You will recall that, or not only will you recall, I know you know that there is, in fact, right now, a grand jury impaneled in Georgia. Correct. DJ Pack, I am certain, will be a witness there as well. And this is going to highlight the fact, possibly, probably, if we're going to see any indictment of Donald Trump, it's going to happen in Fulton County, Georgia. I think you're right. I think this year, if there's a possibility of having some sort of indictment, it's there. Um, I appreciate your your insight into the bill there um, and giving another history point uh, on the um, Chris Christie part of his career. Oh, yeah. You can't remember that. You can't forget right. that, that, you know, this was, this was that whole uh, moment in time where, you know, I was in New York and and in that area when this was going on and and uh, literally they, they Chris Christie took uh, a, a way ahead of 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 uh, the excesses of Trump just said if they're not, this little community isn't going to be for me we're going to shut down their traffic right of course of course uh, so so with with that kind of political sort of uh, arrogance and and uh, and it's interesting now that Chris Christie is one of the people who is trying to say that Trump did not tell the truth and right. and was a lie. So it, Chris Christie is <laughs> he's always been a funny character in the Trump story, hasn't he? I mean he has his own story, but in the Trump universe he has his own funny story because he was even the guy who went and prepped him for the debate and got covid right. and almost died. Absolutely right because you know why not? That's yeah. that's what you do in, in Trump world. Right. You go in and and, uh, and and he was with his comorbidities. It was it was really a risk actually. But here's here's what's interesting about him is Chris Christie pivots constantly. He is he's really one of those you know three sixty characters. You can find him at any point yeah. on on the entire circle. And this point where you find Chris Christie is that he is saying. Trump should acknowledge what happened and move on from it. And he's, I think, again, delusionally 
uh, hoping that that will make him a national figure, relevant again, and possibly a candidate for right, president right, again. right, right. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, they they always use these moments as as their crutch, and I think Bill mm-hmm. Bill step step in is is using this uh, labor pain or or his wife going labor as a crutch not to go and have to incriminate um, not only himself but also um, his party, who is um, you know currently employing him in the thrust of Trumpism where he is actually uh, a manager of a campaign against the person who would be questioning him, by the way. Um, right. And I always refer to Liz Cheney as Darth Vader jr. And maybe, I, I that, that. And, maybe, and maybe that is why, maybe that is why this morning he's, he's uh, uh, deciding not to show up because well, he, I, might I, be a little, he might be a little scared. I'm going to say that I would hope we could, uh, suspend if not permanently retired darth vader jr because i think she's oh she's okay almost earning the role of a jedi here she well, is she is a she's a warrior and and you know it, it is it, this is one where i do think it's not a i don't think i think it's eminently clear to anyone she's likely to lose that congressional primary by 20 or 30 points mm-hmm. she doesn't care She's not thinking about her political future. She is thinking about the word that's been used is almost obsessed with making sure that this story comes out. And she's doing that for the good of the country. I I never agreed with her on. I I can't think of a policy position I've agreed with her on in her entire public career. But this is a moment where she is showing uh, stature and uh, statespersonship. Right. She is she is truly someone who has met this moment at, with courage and absolute focus on on getting to the truth. So with that in mind, I'm I'm going to call her a Jedi. Okay, she, well, I'll I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of leeway here uh, because at the end of one of these movies, Darth Vader did make the decision to go against the Empire at the at, at a key moment. So maybe it is, alert. maybe it spoiler is. Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah, you know well, there are people out there who haven't seen all the movies. Well, but, you know, maybe, 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 maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, I, I will, I will tell you though that one of the the most symbolic moments here with Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney in the storyline of January six and Trumpism and the January six Select Committee is when on the one-year anniversary, they were the only two Republicans, her being the only sitting Republicans, standing with Nancy Pelosi on the House floor, um, clearly signaling to the new Trump part of the party that, hey, we are not, we are going to push back against this. And it was a clear, obvious, because Dick Cheney, Darth Vader himself, does not do anything um, does not do anything without cause and without purpose. And I believe he was standing there with Nancy Pelosi and his daughter, Liz Cheney, uh, for an absolute reason. It of wasn't course. just out of happenstance. And, and with with the, with all the Democrats in Congress and no Republicans in Congress except for Liz Cheney, it, it really was a remarkable moment to show how far gone the Republican Party is. Right. A, a, a point I will note that uh, Ron Reagan made in a video that is yes. is now uh is now up on uh Midas Touch and uh, mm-hmm. I encourage people to take a look at that because he puts in context uh what what has happened to his father's Republican Party. Ronald Reagan would not be uh even considered a viable candidate today 
for the presidency because he would never go along with this. Right. And, and, and one of the things that's referenced in that video is the whole idea of the peaceful transfer of power. Ronald Reagan believed in that. And all Republicans, uh, no matter, even George W. Bush, who was gracious to Barack Obama, uh, uh, gracious to uh, um, to Barack Obama, and we've seen we've seen this process play out in our lifetime, and going back to the beginning of the Republic, uh, John Adams handed over the White House to Thomas Jefferson, his mortal enemy. But this is a time where we are in ahistorical times. What happened with this previous administration was something that is so dangerous, so fundamentally against everything that allows the social compact to work and, and our democracy to work. And it's, it's things that we take for granted, like the willingness to say you've lost an election when you know that you have. And that's going to be the emphasis today with the two panels. Ben yep. Ginsburg, the Republican expert, who is going to say, no question, he's lost. So I think we're going to get a lot today. We're going to get the Department of Justice on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday we're, is still evolving, but I'll say that you know we should, and when we come back in and talk about it, perhaps uh, we're now 45 minutes later. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should be well, about 45 minutes away from the committee starting, hopefully. Well, let, let me say this. Uh, uh, what I want to do is go uh, take a little time to uh, to find out what they're sure. saying now about how they're going to yeah. handle this this new gap. And I'm happy to come back with you. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, stick uh, stick with us. Come back, and I appreciate I appreciate your insight. And 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 everyone, go watch that video um, that Ron Reagan did. It is um, he does bring up some very good points, um, and and it's a great video to show uh, uh, that that how our democracy that even the history i mean he tells a little bit of history in there about that transfer of power and the republic and how it how it ticks ticks and, it does the tiktok mm -hmm. and, and can i can i do a shout out to our audience here that this gentleman uh, i'm pointing in the wrong direction yeah, this mm -hmm. is responsible for getting that video on the air oh well i i I, no time. I actually so, gonna bring the person who did a little more editing than I did. I I started the process, but uh, there was someone uh, that's much more capable behind the editing board than I am. I I run the show here, but the edits, eh, I I I got a few uh, folks that I know that are better at that. David, I appreciate you joining us. Stick around. Uh, I'll be we back. will try to bring you back in if you got more news. Thanks a lot. I, I want to bring in maybe the person who's responsible for some of that editing of that uh, Ron Reagan video uh, and and his and his little bro. I've got the, a couple of the Mizellus brothers with us. Uh, Jordy, Brett, how are you? Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning. Going? Big day. Big day for democracy. I would say if it was literally anybody else steering the ship mm -hmm. and I found out that the hearings were going to be 30 to 45 minutes late. Yeah. I'd be like, Udo, what are we going to do here? But oh, I, I, didn't, what, I didn't even skip a beat. I, I know it, Tony. I know these hearings could be delayed like three weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited the that they're Tony lives for the delays. I get 45 I, minutes extra to talk. This is fantastic. I it's love so part. funny. I thought I thought Popak was a little tough on Stepien for missing out on the hearing. <laughs> I've got to say, because hey, I, 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 well, I think I think he's in the right alley. But you give us your opinion on what you think about the labor thing. I, I would say it's incredibly suspicious, and mm -hmm. I had the same exact uh, mm -hmm. start to it all, uh, the same exact thought when I heard it. However, 
Uh, if there's any excuse that I'm going to accept, it's that when your wife goes into labor, you stand by your wife's side at that moment in time. And labor could last hours, labor could last days, you know, you know, you never know. So while the timing is suspect, I think it really speaks more to the fact that we are so distrusting of everything that comes out of this administration and everything that comes out of Trump world that you can't take anything seriously, that you can't acknowledge that anything is factual unless you see it with your own eyes. It's uh, speaking of Reagan. I think one of Reagan's famous phrases was trust, but verify. And I think with Trump, I flip it around a little. I don't trust anything until it is verified. <laughs> right, right. Verify, could, verify before you even yeah, uh, you could the truth. you could right. tell me that it is raining outside and I will mm-hmm. not believe you unless I see it myself. Right. I will in fact if you say it's raining I'm going to assume that it's a beautiful beach day. Uh, <laughs> if, if someone in Trump world is saying it. But if his wife is indeed in labor then we wish him all the best. I think the committee is going to be prepared to to switch it. As you know with live TV, uh you know, they're putting on a show as much as they're putting on a congressional hearing. So it's definitely difficult to switch last minute, especially when that was your lead witness that you were planning on. But they got a lot of other great people. I think they have stepped in on tape. Uh, I'm really curious to hear from uh, Chris. I think his name is Steyerwalt. He's the former Fox political editor um, who was one of the guys responsible for Fox calling Arizona that night. You remember Magaland. Uh, mm-hmm. In total freak out meltdown. mode that night, meltdown, meltdown mode, accused Fox of, you know, trying to because they reported the results of the election of trying to sway the results, even though that's so ridiculous. And we got the BJ Pock, the U.S. attorney from the Northern District of Georgia. And as uh, David Bender said, very curious to hear what he's got. So there you go. You got the schedule. Here, here was sense. the original schedule here. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder what they'll do. I wonder if they'll end up moving somebody else to start or if they'll start with the statement of stepping plan i have to imagine that there's a contingency plan here i mean they were so well prepared the j6 committee day one on the on the first hearing that i just have to imagine that they were accounting for something like this to occur i'm curious to hear ben's take when he jumps on but brett what do you think do you think there's going to be a contingency plan here i mean i think that's part of the reason for the delay I think they always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, a plan. I think I think they always have the wide a, a array of plans that they could possibly go ahead with. Um, I think this happening uh, 20, 30 minutes before they were planning to start, I think certainly throws a wrench in things. But I think they'll be fine. I mean, they're professionals, like David Bender was saying. I mean, Liz Cheney is the biggest professional in the world. She knows this stuff inside and out. I think we're in good hands with the committee. And I think you see how effective the committee is being just looking at the reaction from Trump world over these past few days. I mean, I've seen Trump world meltdowns in in my day of, of covering this stuff, but I haven't quite seen them at this level. And you see it when they start targeting things like not the things that are coming out of the hearings, but they try to target like, oh, they're trying to make a show of it by putting it prime time. Why are they, you know, they're trying to kind of they attack the process of it and like the method of it rather than actually the meat of the issue, which is that Donald Trump. And his cohorts tried to launch an insurrection against the United States of America. You right. can't talk about that. So let's talk about how dare they put this on at at 7 p.m. at night, you know? Or well, this morning it'll be, I can't believe they scheduled this around Bill Stepien's baby being born. I mean, they'll they'll say things. <laughs> that, I mean, guy, that guy you, played the long game, man. That you guy put played it, the long game. You put game. it past him saying that stuff <laughs> this morning? I mean, really, No, honestly. it's every stupid excuse in the book. But I think one of the things that I am curious about, and I really haven't, 
process this fully is that Fox, um, or as uh, Ron Reagan in our video called them, I think he called them the fuck the news. We air propaganda network right. or some <laughs> sort of that. Um, Fox is actually broadcasting today's hearings. At least they're planning on broadcasting today's hearings. And so I'm very curious as to what made that switch. If it's just purely a ratings play, maybe in prime time, they'd rather have their talking heads, you know, Tucker Hannity, those people speak. Do you have any kind well, of insight? I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, and maybe maybe Jordy can comment on this as well. I think when when they put up Sean Hannity's text messages when he's the one reporting in that hour, I think that would be a really difficult situation to um, you know. It's kind of awkward when you're reporting <laughs> and then the committee brings up text messages to show how you were subverting <laughs> democracy. What do you think, Jordy? Do you think that no. would be a little awkward for marketing? You're the no, marketing I, expert. I here. think I think it would be a little awkward, but Fox is unfortunately king at their marketing efforts, and what they'll do is they'll just cut away from that segment if that happens while while the coverage is happening and they'll they'll point to some other protest footage and start blaming antifa and this that and the third i mean fox is just so intellectually dishonest day in and day out it's just so incredibly disheartening that a large portion of this country takes what they say at face value and that's why i'm so happy what we're doing here at midas media network making sure that we're getting the truth out because truth is golden at the end of the day. We need to make sure that these hearings are publicly seen in any form that's possible, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's on TV, however you could find it and listen and watch this stuff. Like the American people need to get this, Tony. And I can't thank you enough for steering the ship here, man. You and Gabe have been doing just such a phenomenal job. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And again, this morning when we got 45 minutes extra to talk, I was excited. I know Gabe <laughs> is definitely excited after the uh, the weekend he had. But I'm, I'm going to bring in someone real quick. Uh, uh, maybe we'll bring Gabe in here, too. But Texas Paul, I think, has a question for Jordy. Texas Paul. What do you got, Texas Paul? This could be anything. Man, the minute Jordy popped up on the screen, all of a sudden Laura comes flying in the room, <laughs> sliding by. <laughs> and slaps a label on my cookies. Oh, what he's got some hell, cookies. Man? What does it say? What is it? Yeah. What the hell? I I had a whole jar of cookies in my studio. Now they're my cookies. Let's Jordy's cookies. Jordy's co- oh my I knew God. today was going to be a good day. Thank you, thank you, Laura. I, I t- Texas Paul, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything. This is this is a good day. This is going to be an exciting day. Breaking news, I was actually folks. really excited when I heard that we had an extra half hour, 45 minutes, because there's a lot to cover here. There, there really is. is. There is. And I mean, well, this is a, just a tremendous opportunity. Well, the 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 fact that that uh, Texas Paul's cookies turned into Jordy's cookies, we got to we got to make sure we get that in on screen. Gabe, um, what do you what do you think about some of this that's happening with this delay? I, I know I know you're super excited to be on air for extra time here. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. Give me give me those 15 <laughs> minutes. You know, uh, no, I I think it is. Um, it's a bit suspicious in terms of the timing. I will say mm-hmm. that. Obviously, you know, if this is true, then I hope that everyone is healthy. You know, I hope for that. Uh, but it, it does seem a little bit weird, you know, like Popak even brought, you know, brought it up and, and, and so did, uh, David It's like, you know, there's a bit of a, there's a gap in time here where like we could, we could do both things. We could multitask in ways, right? You've got a doctor, you've got other nurses who are helping you out. You could quickly just 
leave. I'm not trying to. Are I'm you saying there's to... like a there's like a maternity ward at the Capitol? Look, here it's, at let, the let's the guy room? let the guy attend to his wife. The video. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Come on, I, I, Brett, I Brett does not want us to be. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to belittle labor or anything like that. I'm just saying it did seem a little inconvenient. Or convenient. Gabe, Gabe, he play, he's playing the long game. He plotted this out I nine know. months he ago. Like, Here he we said, go. Here's the time. We I'm could probably make it happen this. if we <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm inappropriate if talking. This, okay, folks. I've got five kids, and I will tell you, the first kid, sure, can take forever. But if this is the third kid or whatever, I mean you're talking the front seat of the car. You're talking, I mean, a lot of cleanup guys. I mean, it could it can happen really fast. If this is like the fourth or fifth kid, oh, I mean it could be, you know, loading the dishwasher, bam, you know, and then there it is, you know. It's fast. So, I think it's it's too know, early for these actually, visuals. Well, here's I, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that my my take on it is this is that women are way better than men in the first place and i'm sure his wife is better than he will ever dream of being being so i would bet that she could handle labor by herself better than she could with him and her side this the fact that we need to get to the the heart of why why they perpetuated the big lie and why they tried to steal our democracy away from us um is probably way more important than um you know rather he needs to be there to to help her with their labor pains, which I'm sure her being a woman is way, way stronger than he'll ever dream of being um, to help this. Um, are, uh, we got, is there more breaking news here? Um, no, I, I, well, I, I would I, like to add in that it has not been that long ago that Bill Stepien was having an affair with Bridget Kelly during Bridgegate. So I don't know. I mean, this, he may be having a baby this morning. I don't know, but it it's just really weird and convenient that it's happening right here, right now. Um, there's a lot around this guy that gives him reason not to be here. Like you said, he's representing Harriet the Hag up in Wyoming. Um, he's still a player. Um, he doesn't really want to be here because, like you said, I think, Tony, you were, it was you or David that said this is career ending for him if he says too much. I mean. This is this is way too convenient for me. I, I I'm with Brett on this. Uh, don't trust and verify the hell out of this. If there isn't a baby at the next next hearing, then <laughs> I need to I need to see that possible. baby, Texas Paul. I need to see that baby. Uh, uh, no, I, 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 here's here's the. Uh, <laughs> this is a crazy. <laughs> what an insane broadcast we have here on the Midas Media Network. So I I'm going to give you a a silver lining to this all. I think that. Everything now is going to be 100% under the January 6th committee's control because mm -hmm. he could say anything at that point when you ask him a question. But what he can't do is he can't change his answers that are already on tape. Yeah. And they have Bill Stepien on tape. And I'm assuming that what he said on those tapes are pretty damning. If after they had those taped interviews with him, they then decided, you know what, this is a guy who we want to put in front of the entire country uh, to mm -hmm. discuss these issues. So I'm assuming what they have on that tape is pretty strong and it will be completely at the control of the January 6th committee. They'll be able to shape the show however they want to without the risk of a wild card moment, which I'm not sure would have happened, but it, it, it takes it takes that element of surprise completely out of it now. So, uh, well, let me let me bring thing, in a well, let me bring in a lawyer here. 
um, and see what his go. take is. It, look, look, a big bro Ben is here. Um, ben, what do you, what do you make of this? Do you think do you think Brett is right that they'll be able to really uh, focus in on the testimony and uh, show show why? But the other thing I want to know is what his attorneys are going to say because apparently it's it's not just he's not showing up. Um, his attorneys are going to make some sort of statement. Now it may be that hey, we had a family emergency, but or do you think they actually make something a statement that has to do with him actually uh, the testimony that he actually has already given that they will possibly show? No, I think his lawyers are going to give a very short statement to signal that there was a family emergency and they're going to try to get in and out as quick as possible. So I don't think the statement from the lawyers is going to be enlightening. But let me give you from a legal perspective, a lot of people are talking about this bill Stepien not showing up. But from a lawyer perspective, what interests me the most are some of the other witnesses who are not really being discussed. And let me try to break down for everybody why I think some of these other witnesses are important. From a legal perspective, we've all heard the name Ben Ginsburg is going to be on the second panel today. Now, Ben Ginsburg is someone who led the Bush-Cheney recount efforts in Florida in 2000 against Gore. Ben Ginsburg is a Republican lawyer. He's one of the chief Republican lawyers on election law who every Republican administration has relied on for claims of voter fraud where that's brought up by Republicans. That's why Ben Ginsburg is being called in to say what all of these claims, he goes, he's going to say, I know what voter fraud is. And what Trump's claiming is voter fraud is total BS. Again, Ben Ginsburg, the key preeminent Republican. Let me mention that again. Republican election lawyer will be testifying today that Trump's claims of election fraud are complete BS. Then as an attorney, I'm also intrigued by the fact that you're going to have another Republican testify today. And this is somebody by the name of B.J. Pack. He's a ex-U.S. attorney from the Northern District of Georgia, meaning he is the top federal prosecutor appointed by Donald Trump in Georgia. Uh, and why is that important? Obviously, with Trump's calls to Brad Raffensperger to find him the votes and threatening Raffensperger with federal prosecutions if these individuals did not find Trump the votes. Well, when you threaten these state officials with federal prosecution, who would be the person in Georgia to enforce those criminal threats? It would be B.J. Pack. And B.J. Pack resigned three days after the call between Donald Trump and Brad Raffensperger. He's also mentioned by Trump on that call as a never Trumper, which is also kind of an absurd accusation because Trump appointed the guy. So you're going to have B.J. Pack testify today. And then we've heard that it's going to be an ex-Philadelphia city commissioner, Al Schmidt. Why is Al Schmidt an important person to testify today? Al Schmidt is the only Republican commissioner in Philadelphia. Again, we see the theme here. Another Republican who had his life threatened as a result of Trump targeting him, had his family life threatened, and he is again a Republican. So while a lot of attention has been put on this Bill Stepien, you asked me from a lawyer's perspective what I'm interested in. From a lawyer's perspective, it's the fact that all five witnesses today are Republicans. 
um, have Republican bona fides are either top lawmakers, are top prosecutors, are top media executives um, who are from the Republican world, who are all going to testify today one by one that Trump's claims and spreading the big lie were completely false. It's going to be surgical. It's going to be impactful. And that's why those five people are important. And it was important that I point out all those other people because everyone and all the other networks are focused on Stepien and even focused on the Stepien and the Fox News guy, Chris Stalwart. But these other people are critical for the reasons I just discussed. So, so Jordy, because I think I think uh, Big Bro Ben here is making good points on the marketing of it. And since you're the marketing guru here, um, tell us what do you, <laughs> what do you think it, it means that the committee would, in their marketing, make sure that this panel, regardless of how many of them skip out on the testimony today, for whatever viable reason, Brett, um, would skip out on the testimony today. What do you think it says about the marketing that they're going to have five Republicans testify against the Republican big line? What, what do you think? What do you think? It's a very, means? Tony, it's a very strategic decision right there to make sure that we have five Republicans uh, testifying today. They're clearly the J6 committee is continuing with their story, their plot for these hearings, which is very smart and very well calculated that they're going to get Republicans on record. They're going to use Republic. They're going to take a page out of Mighty's Touches book. They're going to use Republicans' own words against them, and they're going to frame the issue at hand. They are going to write the narrative for what happened January sixth and make it clear as day that it was an insurrection attempt against the United States. That Donald Trump was the leader of this, and they're going to use his own people, his own people, Tony, to make this decision. It, it is so smart what they're doing, and I just can't. I'm so proud of, of how this committee has been operating so far, and I can't wait to see how it plays out today. Well, I, I think even with the breaking news with them separating, I think we're going to get a lot of information here in, in big news. Texas, Paul, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, there? if you and if you want to talk about like what you and Brett were saying earlier, how effective this has been, just take a look at what's going on at Truth Social that built itself as the free speech zone and all that other bullshit that they were saying when they were trying to sell it. You know, they're they're actually banning people from the site who talk about this hearing. So, you know, this is hitting home. And then you've got Bill Stepien not showing up. And, and, and you know, Fox News is continuously running bogus excerpts. I think they had, what, 20 million viewers for the first hearing. Um, and then Fox is turning around saying, actually saying on air, oh, it was a dud. It was a flop. Fox News would kill to get 20 million people to watch anything. You know, I I really think that you have to really just, just you could feel it's just palpable. They are just terrified. This is coming apart at the seams for them. The first day, just, just the testimony that it was a big lie. The big lie was absolutely a big lie. And I think Ben is absolutely right. Ginsburg... What, whether you love or hate the guy is bar none one of the best attorneys on the planet. And he has been saying from day one, this is garbage. Stop it. Don't do this. And for him to sit up there today is going to be devastating to Trump and everybody that's been grifting this, trying to make money on the side. Uh, it, it's over. 
it's it's over. Well, I, I I appreciate that the that they're about uh, pointing out um, that Ginsburg, love him or hate him, is going to uh, is going to have a tough a tough impact. This morning um, on Twitter, I noticed that the Russians, <clears throat> I, I mean uh, uh, MAGA supporters, uh, were having constitutional republic trending. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence, right? That this morning all of a sudden constitutional republic. Uh, started trending. I think I believe that they wanted this to trend because in the in the second panel, they have the election attorney. They have the United States attorney in the northern district of Georgia, which Ben pointed out was appointed by Donald Trump. And and, and the other thing, too, about that story that gets me about B.J. Pack is that day he went into his office, packed his shit in his box and left and didn't even hardly B.J. packed his shit. Right. That's right. Packed his shit and walked out. Didn't even tell anyone he was leaving. I don't even, I don't even think the guy stopped off at the restroom to change his drawers after he had the conversation he had on the phone. Because, I, I mean, maybe we'll get some testimony today about what those phone calls were about before he packed his box and left. Um, but, I mean, that's that's a big that's a big what happened there. Also, we see this uh, former uh, uh, Philly uh, city uh, commissioner as well talking about the election because. This morning, the in the second panel, I believe the the theme is going to be "We are a democracy," and they tried to steal it, right? So on Twitter this morning, the the the, the Russian, I mean, the MAGA supporters are saying, "Hey, we're not a democracy. Don't let them fool you. We're not a democracy. It's a con- even though if you just it's like words. it's like it's not a sandwich. It's a turkey sandwich. Right? Gotcha. Exactly. Owned. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. What are you even talking about? Well, like, it's one of their like classic refrains that they love to go back. America's not a democracy. America's a republic. It's like yeah, a republic is a kind of right. a representative democracy. Right. And then I, I actually got into this argument the other day with. I don't even know why I responded to this troll. I never respond to trolls, but I responded to one troll on Twitter who was going to me and they end up sending me a link and they, they send me a link to the Wikipedia page for representative democracy because that's what I sent them. And they were like, see, told you, look at that. And it literally lists in the Wikipedia page that they sent me representative democracy, such as the United States, this, that, that, and the other. And I was like, reread that buddy, reread <laughs> that and see what it is. America, it's not a turkey sandwich. It's a roast. I, I don't even know what they're saying anymore. But it, I think you're right, though. I mean, all these trends, you notice you wake up to the trends and they'll be going live at like four in the morning right. East Coast time mm-hmm. because it's like Seems prime time funny, right? for Russia to push these things. And it's the perfect time for the MAGA people on Twitter to be like, look, people agree with me. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, well. Well, it's the same kind of stuff this weekend where they, you know, they yell and scream about uh, gas prices, which I think we should be pissed off at the oil companies over gas prices. We should be pissed off about that. I I absolutely agree that we should be pissed off at oil companies because they're gouging us for gas prices. But this weekend they have the Trump boat thing, whatever the hell that is, where they sink the boats or something with their flags. That was it was the DeSantis boat parade this weekend. Oh, 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 it was DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there, it, there, it, 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 is there going to be like a battle yeah. between the I Trump mean, boats it, and the look, DeSantis it, boats? The Trump boat parade crawled or walked so the DeSantis boat parade could run. I mean, that's the, he, <laughs> they set up the stage for this Dumb Kirk 2 
the worst sequel ever. <laughs> so we're going to have the Trump Navy versus the DeSantis Navy. Is that what we're talking yeah, yeah. about? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a game of battleship for sure. I, yeah. I'm excited you know about the footage here, really, honestly. Are they going to be throwing like uh, bags of potato chips and beers at soup. each other or Slim Jims? I'm not sure. Cans yeah. of soup. Cans of soup. Oh, okay. bags well, of no, soup. no, that's Antifa. Family. That's Antifa. That's Antifa. <laughs> Antifa are the ones. You know, I've been straightforward with my people about the gas prices, and I think we're missing the boat on branding this a little bit because – What's going on with gas prices is we are, again, just like in World War II, we are sacrificing to send resources to Europe because we have a fascist invading a country in Europe. We are supplementing what's been taken away from them because of Putin's price hike and his murderous illegal invasion of Ukraine. We are selling more petroleum, uh, refined petroleum products to Europe than ever before, more natural gas than ever before to try to help our European brothers, just like we did in World War II. That's what this sacrifice is about. And I really think that, that you know, that's what I've been telling my people. And I really think that we need to get that on that bandwagon, that this isn't just a price hike. This is the most patriotic thing in the world you've seen in your lifetime. This is what it looks like when a country stands up against fascism. Well, here we see the the feed finally coming in. Uh, Brett pointed out that the feed has started. Um, so I, I'm not sure exactly when they're going to start here, but we're going to try to to bring it in as they start. It looks like um, we'll probably have another what 15, 20 minutes if we're 45 minutes behind. Are they? Are they? Are, is there any? Um, is there any announcement out there on the January 6th Twitter page? Can someone, Gabe, can you check that for me to see yeah. if maybe they've got an announcement if they've set a new time? Um, but we see the the feed starting here. I want to go back to Ben for a second. Um, ben, what, what is your take on not just today's hearing, but that because we know kind of what the panel was supposed to look like today, but the, Thursday's hearing, and then you go back to today's hearing on top of that, and then what we're going to see on Wednesday. I mean, do you, do you think we're going to miss something because Bill doesn't show up? I mean, do you think we're really going to miss anything as far as uh, what the actual aim and direction is of it? Or do you think... This is going to go off. The 45 minutes was just to figure out exactly how to present um, the evidence before the public uh, because Bill's absence. What, what's your take on that? I think Bill's absence actually makes this more dramatic, actually makes people want to tune in more. You know, words getting out right now across the Internet, you know, whereas this was supposed to be an, an early hearing Lots of people were saying, well, because it's early and particularly early on the West Coast, are people really going to be watching this thing early like they did in the same numbers as the first hearing? I think him not showing up actually creates a level of kind of drama, excitement, interest, questions. Why isn't he showing up? I mean, to most Americans out there, when you're subpoenaed to court, when you're subpoenaed to jury duty, when you have to show up, you, you show up and not showing up and then coming up with a dog ate my homework excuse, even if it is one that is, you know, an incredibly serious one, is not something that will conjure sympathy with the American people who make sacrifices all the time, especially when they're subpoenaed and have to show up at proceedings, nonetheless, a proceeding at this level. So I think it totally backfires on, on them if their plan was to not present him as a witness. One, the Jan 6th committee already has his deposition testimony. So they, they, they can just pull together the clips 
of everything he's going to say. Two, it's going to create a lot more drama, which people are interested in. And by pushing this thing back a little bit, look, it's now close to uh, 7.30 on, on the West Coast. Much more people on the West Coast are starting to tune in. And so I think you get a bigger audience, frankly, because of this. And then it's going to drive people to watch the Fox News editor, uh, Chris Starwalt, and then all the other people that I uh, that I discussed. Well, you know, uh, maybe maybe you got a point there. Maybe it's a deep state thing where they're trying to uh, they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to make sure that this gets more primetime coverage. Um, you know, maybe the deep staters and put uh, someone in the labor so that he would be, I don't know. This, Maybe they'll just keep doing this until it hits seven o'clock at night, Tony. And it'll be well, time. it could be. I, I may talk all goddamn day. I mean, like I, I said, Tony, this anything. is the best thing ever for you right now. You and Gabe are living for this right now. Absolutely. Hey Ben, question for you. Can they bring Stibian back in? Like, a, like I know the hearings are very well calculated already. And, and, and um, like the, the hour blocks for each day are already sort of agreed upon, but can't the J six committee just, Bring Stipian back in for another hearing day? Yeah, they could bring. Am I allowed to make fun of you in front of the big broadcast? That is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> please, no. It's encouraging. You hear, here, that's wait you second, get wait, here wait, on the Midas Media Network let me, let and at Midas Touch. Up, so please, let yeah, me put please. You up big here. Make yeah. sure. Can yeah, you do side ahead. by side of me and Ben as he makes fun of me? Um, I don't. I that's don't. okay. You combine the two witnesses, Chris Starwalt and Stepian, and just call them Stipian. Yes. But it's, <laughs> Agreed. I did that. <laughs> and and you do it, you do it only the way my younger brother could actually do it. You say it so quickly, despite the fact that we have like an audience of eleven thousand or twelve thousand people, you go, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but yes, Jordy, they they can they can bring Bill Stepien back in, even though they have this plan for the six hearings that they have it planned for. Um as they, as Liz Cheney mentioned at the outset, she could bring, you know, that, that conclusion of the hearings mm -hmm. doesn't conclude the work of the Jan 6th committee. It concludes these hearings, but they can call people back at any time. If they want to hold a 7th, 8th, or ninth. they can hold it. Remember, Jordy, and it's a great question that you asked because there are still court proceedings going on across the country right now where the Jan 6th committee is subpoenaing records, Right. We right. hear about the John Eastman case in the Federal District Court, Central District, Southern Division, um, which is in Orange County, California, where the Jan 6 committee has been compelling all of those records, where Judge Carter, the federal judge, has made the finding that more likely than not, Donald <laughs> Trump engaged in criminal conduct. Um, and so the Jan 6 is actively involved and still getting documents and still getting mm -hmm. and still getting records. I I'll just read the comment. I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I, wanted, I wanted to bring that up. If ben uh, wants to take on hashtag Team Jordy again. He will regret it as he has before <laughs> when he has been mean to Jordy. Hashtag don't mess with Jordy. This sounds like, the new sounds like an absolute Midas threat. Touch, yeah. All the new people listening to Midas Touch. Jordy over there uh, in the bottom right. Midas Jordy. By far amongst the three brothers, Ben, Brett, and Jordy is the fan favorite. If we ever conduct a poll, who is your favorite brother? Jordy wins it usually by an 80% margin. So a lot of the frustration that I give at Jordy and making fun of him is based on his popularity. I'll just concede that right now. Ben, what the hell? Do you see the cookies know, behind Texas Paul right now, Ben? Do they say yeah, Ben's says, cookies? 
Here, no, they do me, not. They say I think, I think Jordy's making more enemies because she, those the Jordy's cookies, the cookies there. Texas Paul's <laughs> wife gave those cookies to Paul, not for Paul, but for Jordy. Laura is going to cause us far more tension here. He can't even touch them. He, he's right there in the studio and can't even have any of the cookies. So, but here, here's the thing, also, Jordy. Though, like I said, they'll they'll likely play his video testimony today as well. Mm-hmm. So he is going to be represented there, and I believe what is in that video. I believe that will be pretty damning in and of itself because I think that if he didn't give anything in that video, I don't think they would have even considered putting him on the stand because they would have said, well, he's a hostile witness. He wouldn't have anything to say. He's going to ruin the show. And now they know we have this footage on him. It's incriminating. And this is going to, you know, we're going to have full control over everything that happens here. There's not going to be any wild card. We're going to play this. And that's that. I think ultimately they just got to figure out their run a show because like I said, it's as much of a television production as it is a congressional hearing. So it looks like everybody right now is, starting to get a little bit settled uh, there in that room. I want to reiterate to all the listeners here that this Midas Touch feed that you're watching, one of the ways that it differs from all the other feeds that you'll see from other streamers and even from all the networks is that this is a proprietary Midas Touch stream. So these cameras that you're seeing, the angles that you're seeing are all exclusive here to Midas Touch. And uh, that's why you don't see like uh, a C-SPAN logo or, uh, you know, another logo. We, we are getting this to you exclusively for you, for our listeners. Um, want to bring this to you in the highest quality, in the best possible way possible. So I also just want to thank the production team here. I want to thank Tony and Gabe. I want to thank everybody. And I want to thank all the viewers for tuning in and caring enough about this event uh, because our democracy is at stake here. And so I'm excited that the January 6th committee is going to expose exactly what happened that day, make the case to the American people, make the case to the Justice Department, make the case to everybody around the world that Donald Trump was responsible for the events of January 6th and that those around him were responsible for the events of January 6th and the deeper plot around January 6th to overturn our elections and stop our democracy from existing. For the next hearing, though, we will be working on getting GoPros for all of the... Uh, committee members so we can get an inside perspective as <laughs> I, to what the I think we should have them on their head so you can yeah. get like yeah. Liz Cheney Liz Cheney cam you know right right you, you guys you guys joke it was hard enough to get the cameras that we have <laughs> right now that it gives me you know stress just even thinking about more cameras and the level of costs and expense like what Brett's saying too I'm like yeah it's also incredibly expensive to have your own <laughs> if we just put on the C-SPAN feed, it would probably be oh my, cheaper. We would, we would have saved so much money. it is very important that we, have, <laughs> that we do this in the most professional way possible, that everybody sees it from these angles, because I truly mean it. I was going back and forth to a bunch of the other feeds in the first hearing, and our camera angles, the Midas Touch feed, by far was the best feed, the best video quality, and the best angles going back and forth to the different people, like by far. That's because you got the best team over here. I mean, you got you got Gabe Sanchez and you got D. Tony Michaels handling it. Uh, uh, we have nothing to do with the cameras, by the way. There's that, yeah. I have nothing to do with the cameras. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm completely exaggerating there, but we do appreciate you guys uh, giving us the opportunity to show this to the world. But I do want to point out something here. Um, Brett had a great rant there, but boy, in the chat here, there is a back and forth between uh, uh, Team Jordy and Ben here, and even Brett. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, is, I, I always get just we left could, in the you, dust, you know, like, I, I'm almost thinking about just uh, cutting out the feed and we just go back and forth on this, um, it, you know, this brotherly feud that we have. We could do at least three hours on the brotherly feud, I have a feeling. 
but uh, you well, know. I'll say if you want to listen to some more brother banter along with uh, mm-hmm. some great news coverage, make sure you check out the Midas Touch podcast. It drops every Monday and Thursday night. That's the Midas Touch podcast. Get that wherever you download your podcast. Then it's a great time. My brothers and I, we run that one. Uh, we bring in some uh, childhood stories from here and there, but mainly focus on serious, hard hitting news throughout the week to bring you up to date. Ben, looks like you want to make fun of me. What do you want to say? Well, I was I was actually going to say before Ben, I was going to say they actually let you talk on that podcast, or, or I mean, I I don't know. I, I've probably spoken more <laughs> words during my appearance on here than I have throughout the entire run of the Midas Touch podcast. But I get in I get in my jabs here and there. Well, it happens. Ben, did, Ben, did you have something that you wanted to say nicely to Jordy? Is it- yeah, I was going to say Jordy, maybe to show everybody the shirt that you wear. Oh, because, because truth is golden. You know, you know what? Midas of merch, that- Midas gear store dot Midas touch dot com. Use the promo code justice for 10 percent off. We also have it wasn't rigged. You're just a loser shirts and a bunch of other uh, great gear. Uh, but going back to today's hearing, look, my expectations for today's hearing is it's actually going to be more impactful than the first hearing. To me, the first hearing, as impactful as blockbuster as it was, that was just setting the roadmap, and they intentionally held back a lot of the drama, a lot of the fireworks, knowing that they needed to tell this story and keep the audience's attention over a set period of time. And again, to all the people just tuning in now, what's so interesting about today's panel about today's group is that everybody who they called were Republicans. So the ex-Philadelphia city commissioner, Al Schmidt, uh, was the one Republican who sat on that Philadelphia city commissioner. U.S. attorney B.J. Pock, Republican, appointed by Trump as the top prosecutor in Georgia. The top Republican federal prosecutor in Georgia, people, will be testifying today against Donald Trump and against his claims of voter fraud. The top federal prosecutor. I just want to say how important that is. Then you have attorney Benjamin Ginsburg, the top Republican election lawyer in the United States of America, who is the one who makes the arguments. He would be the, he's the expert who Republicans call on issues of voter fraud. He's their guy. He's going to be testifying today that all of what the Republicans say about election fraud is complete BS. He's the Republican expert. I can't tell you enough how blockbuster that's going to be. He led the recount. He led the recount for Bush v. Gore, for Bush on election fraud. (laughs) And he's going to say this Trump stuff, complete and utter BS. And then you got the Fox political news editor, Chris Steyerwalt, And Chris is going to say, of course, we called the election. We knew Trump was going to lose. We knew Biden was going to win. I lost my job because of it. Here are the threats that I received. How much more groundbreaking can you have than that? And then we're going to hear some BS statement at the beginning by Bill Stepien's lawyer, why the guy couldn't show up to his hearing today, why he couldn't show up. It's going to be drama, folks. It's going to be groundbreaking, and it's going to be hugely important for democracy. Re- mark my words here. Today will be bigger news than hearing number one. And what Tony keeps pointing out, 
just goes to say exactly how much they are just straight up crap in their pants about this. If they have to go back to the old, it's a republic, not a democracy bullshit. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's the best you got. Really? You know they are just getting totally destroyed by this. I mean, day one, Liz Cheney poured gasoline all over the MAGA nuts and just lit them on fire, burn them to the ground, and then you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it again today. I mean, you can't stress. I mean, Ben, truthfully, truthfully, is Ben Ginsburg not one of the best lawyers on the? I don't mean to build him up too much because I hate the guy because he keeps beating us in court. But this guy is freaking good, man. I mean, he if if a Republican gets sent to hell and is sitting before Satan and has to be judged as to where he's gonna go, I guarantee you, he calls. Ben frickin' Ginsburg to defend him, and Satan's like, oh, hell. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more, but Mark Elias would be the Democratic version right. of, a ben, of a Ben Ginsburg. But you wouldn't call Mark for this hearing because Mark would, everyone would go, oh, well, Mark's a Democrat. But imagine Mark's adversary, Ben Ginsburg, right. shows up and goes, you know what, Mark's 100% right on this one. Like, well, let me- I, I'm with Mark. That's basically what you're going to be having here. Um, but, but Ben, if, but ben, if the shoe was on the other foot, if the shoe was on the other foot, back to Mark Elias, if the Democrats were sitting here um, with the finger pointed at him for trying to overturn the government, they would have Mark Elias. That's who they would be calling in to testify. So so remember that, that that our best attorney, if it if the shoe was on the other foot and Democrats somehow would have subverted democracy and tried to commit a coup, they would be calling him in if, if it were switched around. So that's oh, what's so happening. Right. We're calling their best attorney right. <laughs> to right. be our witness right. against them. Right. And not just him. We're calling like a lot of their best attorneys. We're calling BJ Pock. And I want our listeners and viewers to think about the story at BJ Pock. So BJ Pock's in Georgia. He's the first Korean American in history to be elected to the Georgia House of Representatives. And then he was appointed as the United States Attorney for the Northern District of Georgia, which is like the highest honor to have as an attorney, you know, you know, in that career. He said it at the time and he was appointed by Trump. And then for him to go through this, to have this incredible career. And we say this time and time again, everything Trump touches goes to shit well i and always say everything trump touches turns to liquid shit trump totally <laughs> you know what <laughs> i want to bring back uh, david bender he might have some information on uh, how we're going to get started here the feed is going uh, i do want to bring up uh that uh it looked like officer dunn was in the room on the feed that's why i brought the feed up to see uh i guess harry dunn as you guys know he's testified um, before Congress on the issue of January 6th uh, with his experience that day um, in there. David, you're, you're, uh, unmute your mic there. Um, we, but uh, we've got, it um, uh, looks like Harry Dunn is in the room, and I'm not sure uh, what the uh, exactly why, but I seen him. That's why I brought up the feedback. The officers are, are I think, coming every to every session. Fanone is there as well. It, this They're there to bear silent witness to this and to have people say, these are the people who suffered the most. That's why they're going to be there, I think, uh, all the time. The, here's what here's what we do know. They are going to use footage uh, from Stepien. 
uh, the uh, the themes are going to remain the same. The themes that we know today, uh, they're going to continue to uh, show that this was a massive effort to spread disinformation uh, and that, you know, Trump knew he lost and worked anyway to put this information, uh, this disinformation out to his people and the consequences of that. Not only did it, it incite riots, it raised a lot of money. And that's going to be talked about today. Um, as we watch uh, the hearings start to gather and, and when we see the committee members go to their chairs, we know it's going to be time to, to start the countdown clock. But there's a, they've got themes now that are clearly stated. And this is what we should be prepared for and be telling people to, to understand. Uh, when Liz Cheney said that there was a seven-part plan, these hearings, these six hearings, are going to be used to underscore that. So Wednesday, we're going to get the uh, the Justice Department people, the DOJ, and how the DOJ was used to be a part of that. We're going to get Jeffrey Rosen, Richard Donahue, uh, people who were uh, actual fact witnesses to how the Department of Justice was being used to potentially corrupt this in the same way that B.J. Pack will talk about uh, the pressure that was on him to go along with Georgia. Uh, we know that this is going to keep coming back to Mike Pence. It's going to come back to uh, on Thursday. We're going to hear uh, from Greg Jacob. We expect to hear from Mark Short, the vice president's chief of staff, former vice president. That The Mike Pence part of this continues to be something that everyone is going to see. The pressure on him was that final straw they were using to actually change the outcome to get what they wanted. And, and that's setting this apart from this notion that this all happened in and around January 6th. This had been going on for months before, went on for months after, is going on now. And that is the thread that I think they're trying to tell the story of. I'm told that on uh, Tuesday, on, on the last morning hearing that we're going to have, we're going to see uh, potentially Brad Raffensperger. We're going to hear about Georgia, some of which B.J. Pack will be talking about. And I, I said earlier, I don't know if, if y'all could hear, but uh, and it, with, uh, <laughs> when I'm talking to Texas, I say y'all. But I, I, I will say that it, it will be uh, sort of continuing back to this uh, effort in Georgia, which has a grand jury impaneled right now. And it is entirely possible that long before Merrick Garland ever decides to indict any of the senior people here, uh, that Fonnie Willis in Fulton County will get an indictment this year. And if that happens, then we're going to see something that could in real time affect the outcome. I see Chairman Thompson coming in. So I, I think that means we are at that point that the committee is prepared to show us what they're going to do in the absence of both Stephian, but I think we're going to see them on videotape. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think they had the star wall there. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Stick around if you can for the break. Um, when we come to a break, if you guys are uh, up for a little commentary, we will try to do between panel one and panel two on the break. And then we will also have coverage afterwards. So, uh, audience, stick around for the break and for afterwards. If you can, grab your popcorn, grab your beer, whatever your whatever your fancy is today, or if it's Jordy's Cookies. In Paul's case, um, we will we will come back to that. So thank you guys for for joining me, and uh, we will be we will be going to the hearing now. Pursuant to the order 
of the committee for today. The chair declares the committee in recess for a period of approximately 10 minutes. There we see the uh, committee going to a break. Um, <laughs> some big, big new phrases, uh, big, massive dumps, um, team normal, and a few other great things coming out of the uh, the hearing here. I'm going to bring in Gabe Sanchez, uh, my co-host, executive producer. Gabe, uh, what do you think about uh, all the big, massive dumps of testimony that was just... Uh, oh, man, you know, I... I, I guess it makes sense when you introduce that much fiber into your diet and you're eating that much paper, like you're going to be taking massive dumps. Right, right. Well, um, it is, uh, oh man, I just, I, I can't even, I can't even really wrap my head around some of this testimony. Um, Bill Barr absolutely destroyed Donald Trump and the big lie. Um, also this movie, 2000 Mules, because this was supposed to be the thing that was going to change everything. You know, this was the, the next right. thing, right? The, the right wings, always the next big thing, the next big thing, the next big thing. And this 2000 mules movie was supposed to be it. Right. And Bill Barr just burns it to the ground. Absolutely burns it to the ground. I mean, just the, just the laughing at the mention of 2000 mules just shows you how much, like Bill Barr was like, no, it's complete bullshit. Like this, I mean, the, I, the theme, <laughs> the theme of day two so far is Trump is an idiot, and everyone around him and those who worked for him or with him mm -hmm. knew it. Like you look at all these people, whether it's Jared Kushner or Ivanka Trump or or Bill Barr or any of the other people who worked as uh, advisors, they all knew. They all knew that all these theories of. Uh, of trucks full of ballots and and they were bringing them in at 4 a.m and there were dead people voting and reservation like all these things are so ridiculous again like to to have widespread voter fraud you would have to have a very intense strategic network to pull that off right and all these people knew that it was insane and it wasn't real but trump kept going on air and doing his speeches and spreading lies and doing this and everyone else is like i i mean <laughs> Is anyone going to stop him, you know? And everyone's just like, the guy's an idiot, but I'm not going to say anything. Right. It, well, the, the, the point where Bill Barr has to explain decimals, how decimals work to him, <laughs> is absolutely unbelievable. Like, no, not 63%.000063%. Like, you don't even know how a, a fucking decimal works? How are we in a situation where Rudy Giuliani, the drunk person, is leading the charge for him to go out and declare the election. They don't know how decimals work. They don't know that in Detroit, yes, they do move ballots in boxes because that's how it works there. It's always worked there. The last election that you had there, they did the same thing with moving boxes of ballots. That's just how it works. Like for Bill yeah. Barr to like do the TikTok, do this thing where he absolutely mm -hmm. destroys Trump. But the thing that most that that bill Barr destroys here is the big lie he takes big oh, yeah. big huge massive dumps all <laughs> over the big lie and all over 2000 mules and it's beautiful um i can't you know i don't i don't know that these words were ever going to come out of my mouth but i can't thank bill Barr enough um for his for his words um, uh, on, wanna, honestly yeah 
I want to bring in uh, David Bender here. He's joining us. Uh, David, what did you take away? Uh, your your mic is muted there. Take, what do you take away from uh, some of the testimony that we've heard so far today? Well, it's uh, not thanking Bill Barr enough is still a leap for me, okay? Uh, <laughs> There's still, you know, the no obstruction, uh, no collusion part sure. that I'm going to work through, but that's therapy. Um, here's here's uh, some quick takeaways. First of all, uh, when Liz Cheney came out and did again what she's going to do, I think now we know, in every hearing, she's laying out the case. She, not an attorney, but playing one on TV, she is brilliant at setting out the legal case, which mm -hmm. ultimately is going to be important for uh, Merrick Garland. So what did she set out today? She set out uh, something that I think is going to be a huge takeaway because we're going to hear about it the minute someone puts a microphone in front of Rudy Giuliani. Uh, sir, when were you drunk? Are you drunk now? Right. right. <laughs> How often are you drunk? And if you look at the clips, he looked drunk in the clips. Right. The, the, that, the apparently inebriated Rudy Giuliani, which was her exact quote, I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a major takeaway here because he's going to push back at it and it's going to be one of those fun food fights that, that will play out on Fox News. And that is another big takeaway. Because uh, uh, Starwalt, because of his, he was very good as a witness, very effective, uh, the Fox analyst. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, what happened here was a, a full frontal attack by the president and the White House on Fox News. Right. And that's now been revealed. We know that he was ultimately fired for having told the truth. They did a mm -hmm. great job when they were a news organization. So anybody who is going to be processing the, the sort of contradiction between Fox News only tells the truth, but they were lying here, that, that doesn't work. That's right. the cognitive right. that got right. set into the zeitgeist. So that's very, very helpful. Um, th there are a couple of other things. I mean, obviously, we're going to see Bill Barr. We're going to see Ivanka and Jared in every single one of these. That's going to happen now. The, mm -hmm. the, they, they know full well that those are the things that will be clipped, and they are going to sprinkle them out. Somebody call them catnip. And, and I think that's right. I, I think having these clips of uh, – and, and we're also starting to see – the tension between Jared and other people in the White House circle, people are going to be throwing each other under the bus, or in the case of Brad Parscale under his, uh, what was it, uh, uh, he had a $150,000 Range Rover, a Mercedes-Benz, he had all these cars, and you heard Bill Stepien say, I had to come in and clean up this mess, this terrible campaign, it was irresponsible, I had 115 days, that was Brad Parscale. Uh, and he was thrown under the bus. All of this is what we might hope for in this process, where they are forced in public to turn against each other. And they're going to now hear what they said in depositions that, that attacks one Trump insider uh, from another. And that, that part's going to play out. You know, one of the things that I thought, and I, I said this, I think, to you uh, when after the first hearing, this, this idea that we saw Jared only for a second, but he basically said Pat Cipollone, the president's counsel, who they're in negotiations with to come and testify, would be a big get. They get him. He called him a whiner. 
Jared called him a whiner. Hmm. You think that's going to motivate him to possibly come in front of the committee? I I, kind of think it will. I, I, I mean, hope there's I hope there's a lot of these characters that get in front of the committee. Um, I don't know how how good their excuses are going to be and what we're going to see from these other um, hearings. But I, I back to Bill uh, step in for a second that you mentioned. I actually think his non-appearance today is probably uh, worse for him and tr- Team Trump after seeing seeing some of the clips. I think I think it did not help the case that he wasn't there. Oh yeah, um, to defend it, his it, testimony. Yeah, it, it, I, frankly, he would have been a hostile witness were he there. Uh, it, it, you know, again, show me the baby. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe a word of this excuse, but but it, I thought the committee handled it really well. We yeah. wish mm-hmm. him the best. We we hope for the health of the child, whatever, all of that was the right way to handle it. But what you saw that they did, guys, is they put together um, very much on the fly, because they had to do this in the last couple of hours, they pulled the clips that uh, Zoe Lofgren, who, let's give her credit, she's been doing this a long time, she's Mm -hmm. very good at it. And Zoe immediately said just what what you would do, let's go to clip 14. Right, right. But they pulled that clip list together on the fly this morning, and what did they do? They also picked out a picture. I thought this was uh, illustrative of how they were really prepared for every eventuality. They had a picture of Bill Stepien <laughs> with his head against the wall. You mean that calendar photo Bro, where he's just longing? Oh, all right. <laughs> you know, I actually, I actually text Gabe when that picture came up. I said it. It looks like he's longing for Ivanka Trump in that picture. Uh, like he's, well, you know, I don't know what was going on in the picture, but uh, it was a beautiful Google image. I don't know what exact search terms they put in to find that image of him, but it was, it was, it was. Uh, It was a perfect perfect picture in a lot of ways, but if it wasn't a calendar photo, it would say, my head is up against the wall, (laughs) I'm banging it on the wall, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. this is an insane position for me to be in. So, you know, we we saw a couple of other things. We saw a great uh, line that Stepien used, actually, where in talking about Giuliani having the president's ear... uh, and, and, his I, drink, well, and his drink, and his drink, apparently. Yeah. I, well, he, he was drinking for two. The president, oh, right, basically, right. or Trump, uh, let, let's not call him the president, whoever that was who was in that office for uh, four years. That guy claims never to drink. Let's, right. let's assume that, that he can act drunk without drinking. Giuliani drank for him. He had, <laughs> yeah. he had his drink as well. So the, the Stepien phrased that as, after a while, I realized that you know, there was... Team Giuliani and Team Normal. Team Normal oh is going to be a, a big phrase now, and and Zolofkin repeating that. The Team Normal uh, is is really anyone who is remotely connected to facts, right? And Do you think they're going to make T-shirts like oh, Team Normal I, number one, I, Team I, Normal I, number two? Like I, I'm I'm I think uh, jerseys. Mer- I think the uh, Midas merch. Group oh, but well, there you go. I don't know. If the, I don't know if the normal. suits are listening, but you better get your team normal jerseys. Team normal shirts going. And, and, as soon, go ahead. I was going to say, as soon as they said team normal, I immediately had a flashback to Young Frankenstein and thought of just team Abby normal. Like Abby that's, normal. That's the Abby type normal. of crew that we're dealing with. 
I think we we might have lost David there uh-huh. on his audio for he for he froze. Um, we're gonna go back to the hearing as we see the uh, the witnesses for panel two. If we if we get David back here, um, they were they were um, setting up for the panel two. Looks like the election attorney uh, Benjamin Ginsburg, uh, B.J. Pack, the former U.S. Attorney of North of the Northern District of Georgia, and then also Al Schmidt, the former Philadelphia City. Uh, commissioner, and I'm sure this testimony Gabe is going to be um, something to see because the last one it was like the squirrel turds part of the oh of, yeah of the committee. Like we had Sidney Powell, we had drunk Rudy Giuliani, and you know all these characters that Bill oh, Barr like, all two thousand mules, like all this yeah. stuff going. And, they... and so the squirrel turd part of the of the hearing was was the first part. This is probably going to be more serious and a TikTok of more of the serious actual facts that's going on here. And we see Benny Thompson right. um, uh, emerging here in the committee following him. Um, so I'm, I'm sure we're going to get underway here in just a few minutes. But I expect this to be a much more serious uh, type TikTok here than the last yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, drunken squirrel turd type. Uh, I mean, type. The, the last one was like an intervention for Rudy Giuliani. Well, like it was right. just everyone coming he to town and one. saying he was drunk. He was drunk. He was inebriated. Right. He was under the influence. Well, let's let's see what we got with the, the second round with the panel two here. Uh, let's get back to the committee. Uh, here we go. The chair requests those in the hearing room remain seated until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room. Without objection, the committee stands adjourned. There you have the adjournment of the committee uh, for day two of the January 6th select committee hearings. Uh, on June 13th, Monday, we were 45 minutes late, but we finally got got into the mix here. Uh, I want to bring uh, Gabe Sanchez, my co-host and executive producer here. Um, Howdy. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> what uh, hey. you know, the, 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 the second half there was it was kind of interesting. I wonder what the uh, escort out was about. That seems um, different from what we've seen before. Yeah, was there. Uh, I don't know. Was there a possibility I I, of something being talked about or I don't know. Maybe, uh, uh, I'm not sure if something happened yesterday or the, on Thursday after. So now this is like new protocol or I don't what? know it. Uh, well, they they hadn't uh, they. He didn't say that during the break, so um, that everyone remained seated until we uh, get back to the uh, the point. So what well, we see here, them ramping up. Um, we're going to go to um, some coverage here with some guests, but I want <laughs> I want to um, I want to I want to tell you that uh, we, we would appreciate if you guys go ahead and subscribe uh, to the Midas Touch YouTube channel here. You guys will find all kinds of different podcasts here on the YouTube channel mm-hmm. of Midas Touch. Uh, um, the Midas Touch podcast, the Legal AF podcast, uh, Kremlin File. We have uh, Politics Girl with Lee McGowan and then Mile Culpa with Michael Cohen also here on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Don't forget to also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Tony Michaels Podcast. You will find our show every single day 
every single weekday live two hours Monday through Friday. This is our regular mm-hmm. viewing time, even though we're in a special coverage. Um, we usually go till two Eastern. We start at noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific, Monday through Friday for two hours. Also, download all those podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to go over there. Um, it's uh, we, we would appreciate that if you guys helped us out. We, we, mm-hmm. we really like having you guys for the coverage. We've had uh, thousands of people tune in, not just on Thursday, but today, Gabe. Um, it's been a great success over here. I think there are more people watching today than Thursday. Was there really? Okay, well, that's good. I don't, well, I, oh, I don't know. I have to look at the numbers again. I mean, yeah, today we're I, over 15,000. Right, yeah. Well, I think at one point across channels, we were up over 16,000 people watching live. I know we nice. had uh, 200,000, 250,000 people that were total view of the uh, of last week's from this Midas Touch media channel here. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you downloaded it or you watched it on YouTube or Facebook, we appreciate all that. And to show our appreciation, Midas Touch has given us a promo code store.midastouch.com. 10% off. Just use the promo code JUSTICE. Again, use the promo code JUSTICE uh, to get to get your famous Midas Touch uh, merchandise over there. We have a couple political strategists uh, that are joining us. Um, you know, David Bender has been here on Thursday and today. And uh, we also have my favorite political strategist, Dr. Rachel Bittekoffer. Um, she is she is one of my favorite. Um, Rachel, how are you? Ah, man, that was <laughs> riveting, musty TV Midas touch stream, uh, streaming, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell tell me tell me what you thought about um, today's uh, witness testimony. There's a lot of key phrases coming out of this testimony. There's there's big massive dumps. Yeah, massive um, dumps right team, here. Team team. <laughs> oh, normal. of course, Gabe took note of big na- massive dumps, right? <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So tell us what your your take is. Your quick your quick take on what today's hearing meant and the witnesses. Yeah, so to remind people what the strategic purpose of these committees, this committee process is, is, is a couple fold, right? Number one, deliver this information in a format different than the impeachment trials so that people might actually get some primary source exposure, right? And they've really delivered on that end, right? Uh, the other end, though, of course, is to explain or to give for Merrick Garland for the DOJ a public version of the evidence that is out there. I mean, this is the public facing and, and what even the committee admitted they are holding things back, public facing account of what happened in 2020 and what they're trying to do in this public account is explain to the public potential criminality. And today was all about showing, I think one thing I really expected, which was the intent to lie, to create a fraud lie, to fuel the energy and the cover on the political right to allow them to not transfer power. Okay. Because you have to have public sentiment on your side for that. And the big lies serve that purpose always. But the other one is to show that it was intent, that they knew the whole time that they were lying. And I really didn't expect that they were going to work in the fraud elements. But there is definitely some very um, strong potential of uh, that all that fundraising, especially the stuff that happened after they said, you know, mid-December is they were committing fraud if they knew that the election was not rigged and that they were out of legal challenges and begging money to to continue the legal fight. That's a big problem. So it was really, um, I think, well done. Again, I think it's good that they're breaking this shit up. It gives us time to 
you know, gnaw on the bones. And Bill Barr is definitely a man that does not want to go to jail. Oh, man. And he absolutely <laughs> destroyed Donald Trump yeah. today and 2000 mules and the big lie. I want to bring in David Bender to see what he, he thought of this second half, this panel, too. David, uh, tell us what your thoughts are on this second half. First, let me say, Rachel, good to see you again. It's so good to see you again, too, David. To be back on, and, and and we get to be talking about dumps all at the same time. <laughs> Always Why not? Why not? Thank you, Gabe, for writing that down, just in case yeah. any of us forgot. Just so we don't forget it, you know. Right, right. That would be number two on the list. Pun uh, <laughs> definitely intended, but number one on the list is a lie or is a phrase that Zolofkin used twice, the big ripoff. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear that a lot now, and that's going to be the corollary to the big lie. Frankly, the big lie has gotten a little stale. People can't hear that anymore. But right. the big ripoff, when yeah. it's coming out of the pockets of of you know people on Social Security who are giving their money to the Trump campaign, and she made a point of saying people who can barely afford to give are giving these dollars, and none of the money is going where they thought it was going. Now, this is not news to us. This is Donald Trump's entire life. But, <laughs> but this is now something that is going to be clipped out and shown to people. And hopefully it's going to have an impact when they realize that this is, and I, I think to Rachel's point, there, there could be some real interesting litigation, not litigation, prosecution for this action. This is a, another part of what could be a criminal referral. If they are fraudulently uh, uh, reaching out to their donors to fund something that doesn't exist. Exactly. Is as real as Trump University. (laughs) (laughs) Or as as fake as it. Or as fake as it. However you look at it. Glass half empty or glass completely broken. It's it's, those are the choices. So, look, I, I thought one of the things that was really interesting is if you think about this witness list, including Bill Stepien. And I'm going to stipulate now, okay, I believe there's a baby. I do. I wasn't sure before we went in if it was a fake baby or a real baby. I now, I, uh, he'll produce the baby, we'll, we'll find out. But I'll tell you one thing that was interesting. All three of those witnesses, and all four had Stepien arrived, were Republicans. Every single person there was Republican. We now see what they're doing. Uh, I didn't know this until just this morning and checking BJ Pack before he was an appointee uh, to uh, the Department of Justice as a as an attorney was an elected Republican official in Georgia. This these are all people who come out of the Republican Party. Ben Ginsburg, who gave us George W. Bush. Thank you very much. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it, but these are people of impeccable Republican credentials. And that's what the committee is going to do. It's going to make it very clear, including the DOJ witnesses we'll have, including Pence's people coming up after that, that this is not a partisan witch hunt. This is a bipartisan, fully Republican. Bill Barr and all of the other people are Republicans through and through, and they've had enough. Um, Is that uh, Jamie Roscoe? Yeah, I'm going to go to Jamie. Let's listen to what he has to say. Explain the facts you were trying to lay out today, what were you trying to make sure people picked up today when they were watching this? Well, it's very important for everyone to see not only was the big lie a big lie, but Donald Trump must have known 
it was a big lie, unless, as uh, William Barr put it, he was detached from reality. But we're going to assume that the president of the United States uh, was connected to reality. And in that case, he had to listen to the attorney general of the United States, all of the White House lawyers, the campaign lawyers, the campaign advisors. They were all telling him the same thing. It was over. He had lost the election. And he goes out instead and says the opposite, that he had won the election. Well, to me, it doesn't make much difference. It's just a fact that obviously came out during the questioning, but it, it does uh, further erode whatever credibility you might have placed in his judgment at that point. Congressman, on the money trail, when he gave that presentation briefly at the end, did the committee and its investigation find any evidence of Trump or his family members personally taking the contributions they were seeking for their own personal use or any evidence of uh, wire fraud or financial fraud relating to these donations? I, I'm not going to comment on that. Congressman Cheney teased John Eastman's involvement in that clip you played at the end. Can you lay out a little bit about Eastman's role and how you guys are going to explore that coming up? Okay, so uh, after it was clear to Donald Trump that he had lost the election, he began to engage in increasingly desperate and increasingly illegitimate efforts to overthrow Joe Biden's majority in the Electoral College. Now, as we said today, it was perfectly legit to go into court. And they lost more than 60 cases, including from eight judges Donald Trump had nominated himself to the bench. Um, so what we have is an overwhelming, meticulous record in court that he lost the election and there was no electoral fraud, there was no electoral corruption. Well, then uh, the, Mr. Eastman makes his appearance. And uh, Eastman's point was that the election wasn't really over because they could conduct the so-called Green Bay sweep if they could just get Vice President Pence to step outside of his constitutional role and nullify electoral college votes coming in from the states, then they could keep it going, either have Trump declared uh, the victor in the joint session of Congress or kick the whole thing into the House of Representatives for a so-called contingent election. We're going to spell out what exactly Eastman's Green Bay sweep was all about, and we will show that that was utterly fraudulent, too. Thank you. We saw the Congresswoman earlier kind of lead today's discussion. Obviously, you've been very invested in this. Is there a specific aspect we can kind of uh, expect to see you dig into personally? Yeah, well, um, we're all focusing on different elements of the plan to overthrow the 2020 presidential election, and uh, the part that I have been focused on is the mobilization of the mob and the domestic violent extremist groups, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and so on. Uh, and uh, so that, that will be several hearings away, but that's what I've been spending most of my time on. Will there be more money that's sent? Will there be more information on the money that Trump's PAC received, which they received after the election and they received from, you know, spouting these election laws? Well, here's the way I would encourage people to think about it. Think about any election you've ever followed, participated in, or watched. Um, once someone loses the election, it becomes almost impossible for them to raise money. Winners can usually keep raising money because they're going to be in office and there will be another election coming. But losers find the money dry up immediately. Well, Donald Trump was told by all of these people, including the Attorney General of the United States, that he had lost the election and it was essentially hopeless for him. But he found a way to keep 
the money flowing in, and that was to claim that he'd actually won the election and that it was being stolen from him. And uh, as, uh, as Ms. Lofgren pointed out at the end, there was more than $200 million that came in after the election was over. That's an extraordinary sum of money because people were invested in the idea that he was still somehow fighting this in court. Well, the committee be uh, sort of releasing more information about those fundraising and what that achieved? Um, I believe there will be more information released again. We're, you know, we're, we're trying to compress a lot of information into each of these individual hearings, but I, I believe there will be more information available. So your theory of the case is that President Trump was grifting his voters? Well, the, the theory of our case is spelled out in all of our hearings. Um, you know, the, the motives of the president are going to be up to people to decide. But from our perspective, uh, whatever the motive was, uh, some people have suggested it's financial. Some people have suggested it was political. Some have suggested it was narcissistic. Some have suggested that he was detached from reality. Whatever the motive, the point is that he clearly had the intention that he acted upon to try to overthrow the result of the 2020 presidential election. And as anybody will teach you in a criminal law class, what matters is your intent, not your motive. The motive can become relevant to demonstrating that you have an intent, and it's clearly of interest to people in a democracy about someone's character, but ultimately it was his intent to overthrow the results of the 2020 election that is so critical. Is there any frustration that you didn't receive the RNC's emails through Salesforce? Um, but, you know, I can't even remember specifically what that, oh, oh um, look, we wanted to get all the information we've, you know, we've asked for, but we have been able to develop a, a pretty clear portrait of what happened from the information we got. To bring back yeah. the criminal laws and being detached from reality and affirmative defense. I'm sorry? Being detached ah, from reality. And affirmative defense to what? To, to attack See, overthrow the government. Uh, well, um, there's an insanity defense uh, at the federal level, um, but uh, as far as I know, President Trump has never asserted an insanity defense to any of this. I mean, he continues to say that he won the election. I think that we have ended that lie with our first uh, two hearings. I think America understands Donald Trump lost the election. Joe Biden won it by more than 7 million votes, and everything else is just disinformation, propaganda, and conspiracy theory. Have you or anyone else on the committee seen any evidence of witness intimidation thus far? N not that I'm aware of, but I, I don't know. I have not have been any threats that. been uh, sent to committee members? And if so, what, what is the nature of those threats? You know, but I, I'd rather not comment on that at this point. And I think I, I'm scheduled for another. Uh, I've got to go someplace. But thank you all very much. Which one is that? I, I, um, I've been focused on the relationship. Um, uh, so here we have. I've been focused on the mobilization of the mob and the domestic violent extremist groups, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. Jamie, you're asking. He appears to be kind of repeating um, some some other um, questions that he had. Mm -hmm. um, it seems it seems it seems as if that um, that we may we may see some more um, uh, interviews here and there. But Jamie's Jamie's trying to break away. They're they're again asking him some other questions that he's been asked already. Um, what do you make of some of the questions that he was that he was asked, and more importantly, what his answers were there? Uh, David, you can go first. Well, the only thing I want to say is that he cut to the chase. I've never heard Donald Trump assert that he was insane. But, but that may be coming. Who knows? 
Uh, Rachel, you must have loved that as much as I did. It's, I did. I want to. <laughs> there it is. So, I seen you laughing in the background, Rachel, oh, when, when, when you talked about it. the insanity it's plea. That, so yes, mean, yes. In I, fact, there is a there is a, a way for someone to plead insanity at the federal level. So that was, <laughs> and, and 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 he'll do it, and he'll say, and uh, seventy four million people stand with me in insanity, and you're a majority, and we're not being heard. And and crazy is a virtue. Rachel, I've got to ask you a question. Have sure. you seen any numbers since the first hearing? And we know that the numbers had dropped yet again and were below 50% of people who thought overall that he was culpable. Uh, have you seen anything yet that shows movement of the dial since Thursday? Hmm, that's a good question. No, I haven't really seen anything that um, any polling on the first thing, you know? I mean, that's kind of interesting, actually, now that I think about it, because of the delay. Oh, you would think some would be dropping right now. <laughs> Somebody's got to be in the field right now. Somebody's got yeah. to be there. Yeah. And, and- yeah. I mean, we'll know soon, you know? I, I'll tell you this, like, I've been watching the generic ballot for any sign of movement since Uvalde and this and abortion, all kind of getting into public atmosphere because it takes time for the row memo leak to, you know, and we're still not seeing any movement on the generic ballot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you guys, I will say this with like the economic shit that's happening in America exactly. is like, you know, you got to wonder if there is a God, the motherfuckers got some sick sense of humor, right? Mm-hmm. Because like the way that Germany fell is economic strife lead the seeds for the national socialist movement to build momentum in the twenties. And like, there's, if you were to ask me, okay, Rachel, these midterm fundamentals in party out party fundamentals hang uh, an albatross around the democratic party's fortunes. And now I'm going to give you historically high inflation and potentially a stock market crash and recession. (laughs) Like, well, fuck, why don't I just move to Canada then, you know? <laughs> you, you can it's come with me. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be in Vancouver. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, me too, me too. Okay. So, uh, we'll have yeah. a lot of fun. I want, I want like Pacific Northwest Canada, not cold Canada, you know? That's right. Uh, <laughs> go together, detached from reality. There you go. But yeah, no, I mean, you know... <laughs> Like, that's not good, dude, like, at all, you know. And and, and to your point, this is, people who don't uh, study history are are, uh, going to repeat it, and we're studying history now, and we're we're living history. Yes. But but the other part of it, and this is something, you know, yes, there may be a sick sense of humor in, 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 uh, in the heavens, but here on Earth, right before the Watergate hearings, Nixon was at 55, 60% approval. He had won 49 states the year before in re-election, uh, an epic re-election defeating George McGovern. And nobody believed that the hearings were going to have any traction at all. They didn't. Now, I know this is a different media environment. I, all of these things stipulated. But you can't watch even a little clip and everything there that we saw today, just like we saw Thursday was done in digestible bites. Mm-hmm. They can be excerpted every, and, and you guys are doing it already. And and as you see, I think in, in the break, I sent you some clips that have already been pulled. There are more coming. Mm-hmm. And all of those clips are going to make their way through TikTok and Instagram into the zeitgeist. Yep. And we're going to see some ability for people to start changing 
their their sort of premise of what happened. If it was a lie, and if if it was a ripoff, and if a lot of these, I think it was fascinating at the very end again, were these people who came there, and that man saying, looking at the camera, saying, "Well," and he's breathing tear gas, and he's saying, "If if." I know this is a hard thing that we did. Maybe it was the wrong thing to do. But if they're stealing our government, then right. what, else, what choice do we have? Well, they weren't stealing your government. They were lying right. to right. you. Right. And that's going to be the meta message now. They've been lying to you, and you are the fall guy for it. Yep. Well, you know, that that's a good point because – Talking about big, massive dumps of clips on social media. I'm going to use that as often as I can in the next few weeks. Big, massive dumps. Just make a big, t-shirt. Big, massive right. dumps. Yeah. Speaking of big, massive dumps of, of the clips of these hearings on social media, I think what is important for people to understand when they watch these clips and you and you discover either you have plucked your, your head out of your ass and realized that you were lied to or you knew this lie all along, but here's the evidence now. Um, I, I want you to ask everyone around you as you watch these clips and if you watch them or talk about them, ask, are these the people that you want in charge of your economy? Are these the people you want in charge of your gas prices? Are these the people who lied to you, who grifted you, who continued to try to thwart your democracy and your vote in your country? Are these the people that you want in charge of anything anymore? I think that is the main question that people really have to Mm -hmm. be focused on is yes, uh, we do have inflation. There are uh, uh, gas prices are high. There are a lot of different causes for those things, but Joe Biden and the president and the Democrats aren't the reason that, that the inflation is happening in Europe, that gas prices are the way they are around the world. There are many outside forces that are happening here with our economy and the situation on the world stage. But here in this country, you can make a difference by saying what is a lie and what is a big ripoff uh, yep. to steal from Lundgren's uh, language mm-hmm. there. And do you want another big ripoff by putting these people into power in the midterm to give them the chance to continue to lie to you, to con- continue, continue to spin um, the the big ripoff? And I guess that's probably the conversation that needs to be had over those clips, the big, massive dump of clips. Well, it also it also ties into the narrative I'm trying to sell the party writ large on running on, which is I mean, which we can manifest in many different formats, different messages, different topics. Whereas, but the the like you know how the GOP always has the same refrain to all their messaging, no matter what it's about, which is fear the Democrats, right? So, like our refrain that I'm trying to teal this system to to run is you simply can't trust this Republican Party. You can't trust it with your kids. You can't trust it with your bank account. You can't trust it with your money. You can't trust it with your health, your security, right? And just keep hammering that. Rachel, that was Howard Dean's most effective message. You cannot trust Republicans to manage your money. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Every time the economy has tanked, it's Mm -hmm. been under a Republican. Now it's happening under a Democrat based on things that were started under a Republican. Only because they had one term, David. That's why. So, like, we're seeing the normal Republican collapse. It's just that we're seeing it where we had the two terms disrupted, which is very atypical. Right. Except that I would stipulate here or make the case that because COVID was so badly mismanaged under that one term and it created the domino effect 
He lied about COVID. The, the big lie that really created the problem was when he was told in January and told Bob Woodward, this thing is deadly, it's airborne, it's going to spread. And he said, this is bad, Bob. And then at the end of February, went out and said, it's going to be gone by Easter. There's nothing here. He lied. And we had two months where we did nothing. And that two months was as deadly to the country economically and, in fact, in a million lives lost as anything that has ever happened, dereliction of duty. Mm-hmm. And now we're going back to that same issue, dereliction of duty during the three hours when he let this play out. These these actions had consequences. So our economy is a result of COVID, result of what happened. Had it not, had we done what other countries had done and started dealing with it honestly early on, we wouldn't have had nearly the problems that we faced and that Joe Biden had to clean up. And Joe Biden did clean up, but you know, you can't dig yourself out of a hole that deep in uh, with a Congress that is not is only nominally. I mean, anyone calling the Senate a Democratic Senate can't count. Yeah, I mean, it's also I mean, it's also you you bring up an excellent point, which is like under Republican administrations, there is typically a downward growth that happens. And then uh, Democrats come in and have to develop social programs and other incentives to get people back either working or, you know, help them kind of uh, get a step up, you know, that actually does progress themselves on a pathway to success. And then, you know, it's a back and forth, this ebb and flow cycle we see all the time. And then you bring up, you know, Republicans that are like, they will lie, they will cheat, they will steal, they will do whatever they can to um, put themselves ahead of you as the constituents or fellow lawmakers or whoever it is. And so, yeah, you, you look at like, we, we are barely getting anything on on gun safety and gun control um that they've like by word have agreed on and um it's the bare minimum i think is what they're willing to give you know um and so you look at you know january 6th it's all a lie it's you know not willing to admit that they were using trump and this whole uh fantasy of fraud as a way to grift other people and take advantage and take money and not even have any sort of like oh maybe we shouldn't do that maybe we shouldn't fuck over all of our americans out in the country right but they're like nah i'm gonna get my money and everyone else can go screw themselves right speaking of fuck fuck, did you notice that we had warnings on all of the clips on the first hearing but this last one was replete with with probably the strongest language we've heard with no no warning. Yeah, so, why? Yeah, well, yeah. we don't need. Uh, well, they they knew we were broadcasting, so they didn't, <laughs> they didn't, I mean, they didn't it, give it, a fuck. It, it's now set the bar or the bill bar that low. Right. Um, right. It, the bullshit is now a, a normal word on national television. Absolutely. Now apparently, yeah. so it's fuck. But yeah. I, I do want to make a point to what Rachel was saying earlier, which is is in any other universe in any other time the right message is that we go after them and we talk about uh you know as as you said each of these things should be uh, pressed hard on our part that's what the democrats should be doing but the perception is uh fairly or unfairly that republicans are strong and democrats are weak and that at the moment is really a perception of joe biden uh, and like it or not, that is the reality of uh, and, and undetached from reality. We know that. So how does how do we get what 
happens after Germany is in economic collapse, they go for a strong man. And whoever projects strength, and that is almost invariably someone who will take away your rights in order to give you economic security. And as you know, most people are fine with that. Most people, a majority of people will say if they had to trade some of their rights to know that they could feed their children, they're going to do that. Yep. Uh, and, and that is where we are right now. That's going to be the paradigm that Republicans are pushing. We're going to make you economically secure. You may not be able to vote freely, but that's not a big deal because we're going to make sure that this doesn't happen to you. And if that means, you know, wh whatever liberties that, that uh, are forsaken for that economic security, uh, we, we're betting you'll make that trade. And I, I'm afraid that they're right unless we find someone in the Democratic Party who can aff affirm strength. And, you know, it's not going to come from the sitting president. I'm, I'm afraid, I believe. I, I, I love him. I really do. Uh, it's just not something you can create. He will be 80 at the end of November. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to figure out who can pick that up. Uh, th that moment that Matthew McConaughey had in the president's briefing room, I, I would love to see that on from if we have to bring in a series of actors to come in and make the case <laughs> on economics and make the case on strength of values and how what it means to be a strong America mm. based on our values. I don't care how we communicate it. We have to do a fucking better job. Right. Yes. Well, you know, and speaking of characters in a bit, speaking of uh, characters in a better job, I want to bring in a couple of clips here. This one here is of uh, Liz Cheney, and she is uh, she says something about another character who we know familiar, uh, Mister. I call him Grandpa Farty McSharty, uh, but other people know him as Rudy Giuliani. Let's let's listen. <laughs> He's usually louder. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, where's the sound? What's up? Counting stop. Oh, it, what, what, I, I, we'll I got to replay. Here testimony Here we go. that President yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump rejected the advice of his campaign experts on election night and instead followed the course recommended by an apparently inebriated Rudy Giuliani to just claim he won and insist that the vote counting stop. Falsely claim everything was fraudulent. He falsely told the American people that the election was not legitimate. In his words, quote, a major fraud. Millions of Americans believed him. You will also hear testimony that apparently inebriated. I couldn't you use that? You couldn't use that description with Rudy just about like any time from the time yeah. he gets up till the time he passes out. Every every time he's at the podium, you know, just like. Rudy clearly had, you know, a glass of whiskey or five and, and then people bring it up and he's like, I'm not, I don't drink alcohol. I will say this. I don't know if it was the committee itself or it was the producer doing the actual hearings, but I would say they're doing a very, very good job at finding these specific sound bites, whether it's inebriated Rudy Giuliani or it's massive dumps or it's normal team or, or team normal or, uh, it's the big ripoff, but they're finding key phrases. They know how, whether they, 
whether they went after the Johnny Depp Amber Heard model, but they're finding those sound bites where they're like, people are going to hashtag this. They're going to make it trend. They're not going to let it fall by the wayside. And they're going to keep joking and ragging on it and dragging these people through because they've made these very, as you said, David, like digestible clips in these, these bits. So no pun intended on the digestible and big, right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) But I don't know who was on the team, whether it's the producer or the committee members itself, but I think they're doing a very excellent job at like taking a very complex uh, situation and breaking it out throughout the days and being like, here's the thing to remember. Here's the thing. Cause you will now never forget these phrases for as probably for, for, you know, the foreseeable future. And as soon as you say it, you'll be like, Oh yeah. Right. Massive dumps. They're taking a team approach. And we've heard that from Jamie Raskin in the hall. Everybody's got their role. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to, again, say a genuine heartfelt thank you to Kevin McCarthy. No shit, dude. This is the most bipartisan investigation, probably in the nation's history, to be honest with you, because 9 11 was pretty nonpartisan and bipartisan, but there's still pride and point to like cover it up, right? And here you've got the two Republicans who were willing to put country over party and and really go all in on country over party. And and, like now we're seeing the best committee that we've ever Mm -hmm. seen. Not since since Watergate, not since Watergate, which which was, you know, people forget it. I had forgotten that. uh, And and I do remember Watergate because I remember Teapot Dome and I remember the fall of Rome and all the rest of it. But but all of my contemporaneous memory had had deprived me of the phrase. What did the president know and when did he know it? That was Howard Baker's phrase. We all remember that or we all know it from studying it. But you know what it was used for? It was used to give Nixon cover. Howard Baker asked that question as a Republican partisan. He was the the minority. uh, He was the uh, chief Republican on the committee after Senator Irvin, the Democratic chair. And he asked the question because he was hoping the answer would be the president didn't know any of this. What did the president know? Well, he didn't know. It was all Dean and it was all everybody else. That question was meant to uh, exculpate. Richard Nixon. And what happened is they discovered they had tapes. Right. They had the tapes. We knew what the president knew and he knew it. What I, what I'm looking forward to here in this next, you know, set of hearings and particularly when we get into the TikTok of the three hours, because that's going to happen, I think toward the end of when the riots were going on and Trump was being told to, to by Ivanka, we're going to see more of Ivanka there. What she said, what she did. So, in well, other words, the uh, what did the president know and what he didn't do about it? Exactly. Kind of what yeah. didn't, what, didn't, what didn't mm-hmm. the president do and when didn't he do it? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be the light motif, I think, of the last couple of these. And the last one, of course, is in prime time. Mm-hmm. So they're saving the best for last. Um, I, I don't know. There is still some speculation, and I don't think it's uh, it's ruled out whether or not Mike Pence will wind up making an appearance before this committee. I don't think he will. Do you? Yeah, think, Rachel? it seemed it seemed pretty. Um, do, do you think he like, will, Rachel? Yeah. Do you think Mike? No, Pence? I think he he still is delusional and thinks that he can be president. Right. So I think have, I think Mark have, Short. Mark Short is going to be who we're going to hear from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, that's the, the Pence word that we're going to yeah. hear around. This right. is from no, I, I, I agree that that's the plan right now, but I, I think they're the way they've set this up 
is is you know to to Rachel's point, he thinks he can be president. He's made three public speeches where he said Trump was wrong. He didn't have the right to overthrow the election. He's broken with Trump publicly. Liz Cheney basically teed him up on Thursday as the man who saved democracy. Mm-hmm. Now, it, you know, this is in the world, the alternate universe we're now in, in which Liz Cheney is a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then Mike Pence is, I don't know, the, the man on the white horse. But if, if that is his lane to run for president in, as, uh, which is also Liz Cheney's lane, the anti-Trump, then he's got to, take his moment in front of the public to do that, right? And isn't this yeah, the perfect- that's not how he's thinking. And, and honestly, that's just not like what's happening within the Republican Party. So I know people are really optimistic that this is going to have some kind of break the matrix effect on Republican identifiers. And I understand what your argument is about Watergate, but the problem is, is that electorate does not exist now. It's a wholly different electorate, ideologically, regionally, in many ways. So it just doesn't have the elasticity to do what you're asking to do. What we're looking for is a movement, though. There should still be some movement because there's part, like about half right-leaning independents are somewhat reachable. The other half are strident, right? But right-leaning independence, there's a part that's reachable, and then you've got pure independence. And I think we're going to see uh, movement within those two buckets from this information, especially if it's since it has been packaged in a way that people who don't really want to kind of look might accidentally get exposed to some of these revelations, which is critical. But I think there's two things that are going to make the difference, right? Does the message, the republic, the the whole thing was a big con, right? It was all rigged to steal your money and there was no big lie. Is that going to get, or there was no fraud, right? If that, is that going to get hammered into the public psyche through additional paid media? Okay. And second off, it, and this is probably more important, honestly, but I think both things are necessary and not sufficient alone. The other thing is, is the media going to continue to allow Republicans to appear on TV, all kinds of venues, the newspaper, the radio, and art and articulate, continue to push the narrative that the election was stolen? Because right. as After of today, evidence, right? 95% mm-hmm. of Republicans are running around saying that. And so the question comes, is CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, the Beltway, the White House principal, are they going to stop letting these motherfuckers pretend that? Are they going to cut them off right away and say, we now know unequivocally that what you're saying is a fucking lie? Because if they're not, if they're going to let them continue to go and do the stomp and act like it's normal to be perpetuating a lie that has been exposed unequivocally, as a lie, then I think we're in big fucking trouble and I wouldn't expect a lot of movement. I, I, I think you're spot on right and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I'm hearing uh, Chuck Todd say they finally made the case after three attempts. If you get Chuck Todd to, to say something reasonable, then you know that, that it is finally moved to that place where false equivalency is no longer going to be the norm for the way they're booking guests and the way they're treating them. I also think that one of the things that we're going to see when they name the other members, because this is coming, we know this, who solicited pardons, when those members of Congress are named, that's going to be a big fucking deal. I I love that I can say that's all credit to Joe Biden for for that. Let's speculate on who it is, guys. Who do you guys think Uh, it is? Come on. 
Come on. We oh, know the well, list, right? we already know Matt Gates wanted one. Yeah. Right. Right. And well, and we see we all see, ghosts are. Well, and we see. Do you that, think that they Liz included Cheney. MTG and Bobart though? Because like, keep in mind, those motherfuckers were just getting sworn in, right? Maybe not. And, like, Maybe not. Maybe I, not. I could see yeah. where they didn't get clued in. No. Like, it's the no. ghostars and the. I think it's all, all guys. I think it's it's uh, Jim Jordan. I would. Yep. I, I would Mark think Biggs, it's mm. uh, uh, Mo Brooks, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's got to be the chief of staff, right? Mark Meadows, uh, oh, sure. sure. right? Well, I mean, look at his text messages alone. The evidence that no. was on his text message, he's going, "Look, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm incriminated just because of shit that people are texting me <laughs> saying." facts no about what's going on like they like it's not like mark was responding i mean he was but he was people were just texting him facts about what was going on because he's right. standing next to, yeah. to trump he's standing next yeah. to him like they're like i yeah. can't get my message through maybe i'll text the person <laughs> who i know is standing right. right next to him in the room and i mean like, you could also say it's a, a jo you know fist pump not all the way straight hand out nazi josh hawley right oh yeah it could be if, I, I, don't, I wonder if hawley and cruz would would have sought pardons but we we know that these house members and many of them went to the white house apparently the day before Mm -hmm. There was a meeting at the White House that we've been reading about and hasn't really been detailed as much. And I hope that, that that's what we're going to see here. I've seen the figure of 19 members of Congress went to the White House. And that is a very large number. That in, is. It, right. it, it, that's almost it, that's almost the line that would wait for a roller coaster, not a party. Right. Well, that right. is. And FTG was one of them because I remember she came out of the White House and gave yeah. an interview right there. Yeah, she's like we had a great so, meeting for Stop so the Steal. It, it's like it, it could it could indeed include her, although I think you know her her court case in Georgia about qualifying for the ballot seemed to indicate she's saying she she didn't know anything and we know she doesn't know anything therefore yeah, right. she probably wasn't smart enough to ask for a right. pardon uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I do think I do think that we're going to get into double digits of probably all male members of Congress oh, absolutely absolutely and, well here, here's here's and, the other thing I'll, I'll phrase, oh, just, Tony, one phrase that I want to put in the zeitgeist because if I can tell it to Rachel it will get into the zeitgeist the pardon boy <laughs> These the are the boy. pardon boys. The pardon, boy. yeah. the pardon boys. And if we start, if that's like the dirty dozen back in the environmental days, the pardon boys become. Can I, you, can, hey, can I make a shameless clip right now with that, David? Yeah, so go ahead, I will go ahead. get you a pardon boys meme and I will put it on republicantreason.net where you right. can go right. one stop shop to get right. memes that are fantastically done so that the message gets across. Like you can't avoid the message, right? So I think, we wait, get, I think we wait for the naming. Yeah. Let, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have it all on a glance, right? Which, which is gonna happen in the next few days. We're gonna know that list of names because yep. Liz yep. Kenny has clearly teed that up. It's more than Scott Perry, it's gonna be very louder milk, a name yeah. that no one knows, but he's yeah. the no. tour, right? So it's it's the pardon boys and their tour guide. Well, uh well, let me let me tell you on uh, to to your point about pardon boys because I think that's the other thing that we're going to see. It was just not members of Congress walking in, uh, getting getting pardons for themselves, but they were trying to get whoever would give a pardon. Who would that be to say 
if we get these people to do these things, will you guarantee them a pardon? Because we've already seen we've already seen mm-hmm. the reporting that oh, that yeah. had happened. So I don't think they were just going in and actually I mean, they wanted pardons for themselves. Of course, they wanted to be protected if this didn't work. Right. But they were trying to make <laughs> sure that whoever they coerced to do these acts would be guaranteed some kind of pardon that way that way they could yep. coerce them to do these things just like the gentleman and maybe that's why they played that tape of the gentleman who was suffering from sucking in the gas he was saying we didn't really want to do this but we had to do this and maybe that's why they played that tape is to tee up that hey these people these people not only were lied to by the president but they might have been lied to by members of Congress and coerced with well, with sure. pardons. Yeah. Even I don't I mean, know. We, I mean, we, we, we to need tell. to remember though that you know we're dealing with uh, Donald Trump, who is a, a you know a draft dodger, you know bone spurs. So don't be surprised if let's say that they were successful in the coup, that all of those people wouldn't be the first ones to get shit on, oh, right, and not get the pardon, one hundred percent. But the only thing too that David brought up was you know you you said you were here in nineteen, and we got to remember that even Peter Navarro wrote in his book that there were a hundred congressmen that had already by via word committed to uh, not certifying the election. So, you know, I don't, I I would guarantee there's an overlap of the 19 within a hundred, but it could very well be over 19 too, because if that, if, if, well, then again, you know, Navarro is a bit of a liar. So who knows? Maybe the numbers (laughs) exaggerated, but uh, to know that there was at least a hundred people that were not going to certify, assuming Pence went through with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. I wasn't at the first your guys's first show. So first night, because there was just no fucking way I was doing anything but watching that. <laughs> right. It was amazing. <laughs> but in any case, so we didn't get to talk about that. But like the big revelation, of course, is all the footage of how the surge and the siege happens, because right. it shows, mm-hmm. you know, this timeline's like an hour long and it shows the proud boys go down there and pound their way through the soft point of entry that's going to come from the ellipse. Right? <laughs> like, so we now know, like he sent them down. And I mentioned that because we've got this connection with the proud boys, the oath keepers, and potentially, potentially, because I'm not a journalist, so I can just say whatever the fuck I want, potentially Roger Stone. And that's where I'm really interested in hearing. Yes. <laughs> like, we, we, we refer to him on my show as Stodger Roan. You know, just to, just I mean, to I'll be sure honest that. with you. Like when, like for even months after it happened, I thought, no, it's most likely that the shit that happened at the Capitol was completely spontaneous in that the crowd was whipped into a frenzy and then fed, you know what I mean? But now we fucking know, no, no, mm-hmm. no. It was planned right. Right. in advance. Yep. Like Pence's final decision to certify comes in that morning too, right? And like, it, it seems to me like they had a plan. If Pence refuses, siege the Capitol. Right, right. <laughs> right? Well, get him into the car. Can I give you a little uh, basis of facts here that we know for sure out in the public that draw in a guy that might be named Stodger Roan? Because I think you're right, Rachel, because uh, Roger Stone had detail, private detail, security detail by the Proud Boys uh, mm-hmm. prior to January 5th. And there is a they played the tape on Thursday of Stuart Rhodes, the guy with the eye patch, the founder of the Oath Keepers, who, who I've interviewed his son. And I'm going to try to get Dakota on this week um, to talk about some of the stuff in the hearing. But um, I've interviewed his estranged son and his estranged wife about Stuart. 
But we see him and Enrique Tario, who we know through last week, Enrique Tario was reindicted in a superseding indictment of seditious conspiracy, where right. Stuart Rhodes is charged with seditious conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But I think the most telling facts are that there was a QRF across the Potomac that Stuart Rhodes had control over. They were waiting with weapons across the river for whatever, you know, whatever might happen. But here's the thing is Brian Ulrich and Joshua James, who have pled guilty uh, in this case and are and are it seems to be cooperating with federal authorities on this seditious conspiracy case said Brian Ulrich actually said in open court to a judge. The judge asked, were you in a plot to plan to make sure that there was no peaceful transfer of power and brian olwich said to the judge during that plea hearing yes um so there was a plan now the most significant part of about that is that joshua james and brian olwich were reassigned to stodger roan or roger stone as he's otherwise known um to the day of january 6th so again when i said earlier that they were texting mark meadows because he was standing next to the president what do you think Joshua James and Brian Ulrich's job was standing next to Roger Stone that day when he wasn't at the Capitol? That's what right. Was- they never left the hotel room. I mean, I That's was right. I never knew that, right? So, like, here's the thing. Why would you go for this big event at the White House, right? If you're Roger Stone and who who was with him, Tony? Do you remember? It's somebody else that's pretty major. Like it was Stone and someone else in this hotel room. And they never go to the White House, ever. It's right across the street. Was, was, Bannon, was Bannon there? Where was Bannon? Not Bannon. It was definitely Stone and someone else, though, like high level. And they go and they sit in this hotel that's across the street from the White House, like literally right across the street. And they never move. They never go to the event. They never go to the to like any of the reception shit. And, you know, you're going to travel to DC, get 10 feet to the white house and then not go in. That's weird. Right. I mean, they have no one's ever answered that. And then as soon as the siege starts to get out of control, that's when they, they book it out of DC. Mm-hmm. Well, that it is was, uh, Mike, Mike Flynn, mm-hmm. Owen Troyer, Roger Stone. There were people that were coming in and out of that. I'm just reading a couple of things. The Willard war room. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was at the Willard Hotel. It was Infowars and Roger Stone, both book suites with large common rooms. So both of these photos. Jones. Yeah, exactly. Who, by the way, was obviously he was out and about giving you know his own little speech. Right, stuff. right. He he was he was getting his camera time in Alex. Jones. Right, right, right. But there yeah. was a, I mean, it sounds like there's a ton of people. The that Proud were Boys and the Oath Keepers combine this militia line, and you can see that. I mean, I wish they could just show that footage again and again. I wish that the January 6th committee was putting up like all the footage links because it sh- when, when you see the organized, organized militia style assault on the Capitol mm-hmm. building, it is hard for me not to imagine that there's not direction coming for that. Uh, well, that's the thing we, we you know, we heard uh, right. there were reports of people, you know, communicating back outside with people having knowledge of different areas to go into, which caused you question to be like, how did you know, that these, you know, hallways led to this or these stairs led here. Right. Like how are, there's this communication, but also the footage that they showed on Thursday, we, some of that stuff we had not seen, which was from the building itself, which is getting mm-hmm. even a, a bird's eye view. You're and talking you about see, the security camera. Footage. Yeah. Right. Right. And you see what, you know, what looks like a, gr- a, you know, a group of ants storming a hill and you have, it's these people because yeah. the only times that we've ever seen it was from 
close up, right? Fighting right, and but like a cell phone right? or a body cam yeah, yeah. or but something like that. Seeing it actually in a high level bird's eye view, I yes, think sure. was very effective it was to see great, how great, this greatly cut together. Right. Uh, really very, very effective. And to your point, Rachel, one of the plans, as I understand it, it, is that the report that will be issued at the end in, well, not at the end of the hearings, but probably due out in September, is going to not only be a written report, it will be a video report. Oh, good. So we're going to see this summed up in ways that people can send it around and digest. Mm -hmm. They plainly understand yeah. that this is different than the 70s with Watergate. That This has to be done in a way that people get to it uh, over time in their own way. I mean, in the way that Videos are now posted. Ron Reagan's video, which I think is now at 400,000. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to play that before we left. We got about 15 minutes, and I don't mean to cut you, David, but I, I, no, I got no, some breaking news here um, on my watch. Mm. Uh, Michael Popocket has, has posted, uh, Greg Jacobs, Pence's attorney, testifies on Thursday. There's a three-page memo he wrote to Pence telling him any attempt to certi uh, not certify the election for Biden was illegal. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll hear that Good. testimony. I want to show you, speaking of the Oath Keepers, um, because we've been helping out these these we've we've interviewed uh, uh, Stuart Rhodes as a strange son a couple times, um, and he actually talks about Rachel what you're saying, and it's called a military stack when they were going into the building to try to take mm -hmm. to take the building and take control of the building, and he talks about that QRF across the Potomac that that uh, stash of weapons, but Stuart Rhodes is also there's also um, evidence I think Bob Acosta and and Seth McFarlane have actually uh, reported. That Stuart Rhodes was trying to reach Donald Trump by phone. That yes. is key. He was trying to reach Donald Trump by phone, which if you think about it, Roger Stone probably has Donald Trump's phone number, I would believe. So I'm just just surmising there. But this yeah, he's is not Don Jr. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 Um, but this is an interview that Gateway Pundit did with Stuart Rhodes from his jail cell. But listen to the end when Stuart Rhodes says what he says about Trump. I think it's really important. Uh, what he's helping out these these men and women who are being prosecuted for for these made up crimes, as you said. Um, today there was news. Well, the GOP is, is not helping at all. I mean, and frankly, I mean, President Trump uh, gives him props for saying he may pardon us when he's if he's reelected, but he needs to step up and his and his supporters need to raise money for a legal offense because he is a co-defendant along with me and Oath Keepers in several civil suits, and he's ultimately a criminal target as well. So there you have it. Even Stuart Rhodes coming out of his own mouth that, of course, he's a co-defendant in some of these uh, civil suits, but saying he's also he's also a target in the criminal investigation. Um, and, and again, it's hard to believe anything that Stuart Rhodes would say at this point, but he is he is out of his own mouth giving giving a public plea to the president, former mm -hmm. president of the United States, Donald Trump, saying, hey, you're criminally liable, and I know it, and I'm telling Gateway Pundit this. Um, and I got to tell you, Terry, it felt like he was reminding Trump, too. That's right. right? Like, exactly. I mean, this right, is total right. speculation, but it sounded like it was a reminder. Right. In case you and, forgot. And to your point where you were saying, like, look, members of Congress, Roger Stone, whatever, might have had marching orders to tell people, do these things. Don't worry, the president has your back. We know for a fucking fact, the man does it because he did it down at the border when he told people to shoot migrants. Right. And then he right. right. The bomb, bomb Mexico, bomb <laughs> right. hurricanes. And, and I got to pardon. I got to pardon right here. But the the other thing that is is key about what uh, Rhodes said is we need money 
for our right. legal yep. defense. And we just saw $250 million raised. Did any of it go to legal fees? Not a penny. I doubt it. So Not for them. <laughs> this will start pissing people off who are standing trial, who are facing this, knowing that money was raised in their name. Yep. Well, speaking of legal fees, here's a quick clip of uh, some of the, the nut jobs. Um, and it just this is sort of the clip from the hearing today. I remember that one of the things Mark said at some point was you can't show an actual vote was flipped, which I found at the time to be a remarkable assertion because. Because you don't have to have the gun to see the body lying on the floor bleeding out with five bullet holes in it was killed by a gun. What they were proposing, I thought was nuts. <laughs> and then the theory was also completely nuts. By the way, justice is our promo code for 10% off on the store.mindofspecs.com. <laughs> so go check out uh, store.mindofspecs.com. Uh, oh, fact, guys, I posted this image up. I mean, there's a lot of fucking reasons. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> three of them, but the bear was my main motivation initially, and and uh, I was like, "What the? This is interesting, Rim Raider. What would you give this? You know?" And it turns out it comes from get this, it comes from that that kinky um, fan um, romance book, Gray, the Gray stuff. Oh, my oh God. Fifty Shades of Gray, uh, Fifty yeah. Shades of whatever, right? Yeah. S and M. Is that a cat or a bear? <laughs> It's a bear. I, it's a panda. It's a, it's a, it's a panda. panda. Uh, oh, it's a I don't even know what those silver things God, are. Like, I see a justice bag. LSD, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, are those like, <laughs> are those silver hair pieces? Like, what are those? No, I that's what know. I was saying. It almost looks like a, a two balls and a dick under there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. All right. It now, could be. Now, here, here's what I'll here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you. Think about this for a second. Fetterman here is sitting in front of this backdrop that he has, which we're, you know, goofing on here. But he's saying what the what the not the abnormal team abnormal. These like they're fucking nuts. They're crazy. They're nuttier than squirrel turds. Well, I mean, you got to remember that Lindsay uh, 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 Powell is is saying she's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just like don't even want to remember what her name is. Uh, But Powell. (laughs) But she, she's also the one, you know, how she was like, oh, we got to release the Kraken. You know, the same day, same moment, same hour that Rudy Giuliani was just melting, whether that was alcohol or that was dye or whatever it was. But now she comes out and she's saying, and we knew this beforehand, but she's coming out and saying like, oh, well, I didn't expect anyone to think that I was actually saying the truth here. Like no one who's reasonable should believe right. me. It's like, right. it's very much a Tucker Carlson approach. Like no sane person would ever believe what I was saying on national TV in defense of voter fraud, right? Yeah. My, my defense is the stupidity of the audience. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. It's like, exactly. you have to be so dumb, like to right, think that right. people would actually think that. Right. I, well, I have I'm, a question for Rachel before, because you said something and I really want to not miss this opportunity to ask it quickly, which yep. is if there are persuadables in the middle, are there no Republican persuadables? I'm seeing about 10 to 15. No, you're totally 20. wrong. Yeah. There is, but not chasing these de-aligning white working class culture war fucking 
So who, who can we get? From where we want to be, we, where we want to be tapping what my strategy is, is geared to do, <laughs> not the messaging, but the targeting, is to go into the voter file and identify potential de-aligning college-educated, especially Republicans, and start brand assaulting them, right? Because like they're already feeling icky, okay? Mm-hmm. And what, what the, the way you can think about this is Democrats – like, it's not just that they Republicans started telling white working class men about these culture shit and, and race and sexism and all that. There was a natural, like, de-alignment happening. And then they enhanced it with intentional material that broke. I mean, all of the different themes tie back to one purpose, which is to break brand loyalty to these longtime Democrats. So that's what, within that one pool, where we want to be hunting, and this is not the the pure independent conversion pool, but it really doesn't matter. We want to be, we want to be making it really embarrassing to still be a Republican. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really easy to do because this party is a total fucking comic show, you know, let's talk talk offline. I want to hear those numbers. Good. Sounds great. Well, here's what I'll tell you, because we got a few minutes left. Uh, Speaking of, um, crazy Republicans. We we got a video uh, that Midas Touch did from Ron Reagan Jr. And not um, a crazy Republican. Not a crazy <laughs> Republican. And actually, his dad, President Ronald Reagan, would would probably be uh, just rolling in his grave over some of the nonsense that we've been seeing coming out of this committee. But I want to play what Ron's response was to why people should be watching this week's hearings, rather watching them live or watching clips or watching them in in a recorded form. So let's listen to Ron Reagan Jr. Hi, I'm Ron Reagan. Midas Touch has asked me to share a few thoughts with you about democracy, the ongoing threat to our democratic republic, and what we need to do about that. So democracy, as Winston Churchill put it, it's the worst form of government except for all the others. Uh, Our democracy, well, it it remains a work in progress and very fragile. As he left the Continental Congress, having helped draft our Constitution, Benjamin Franklin was asked, well, do we have a monarchy or a republic? A republic, he replied, if you can keep it. And that's where things get a little tricky. Franklin and the other founders recognized that the gravest threat to our republic was internal. Demagogues and grifters could, uh, uh, they could, they could game the system. Uh, they could delude a gullible, misinformed public, seize power, and once they had power, cling to it indefinitely. Sound familiar? On January 6th, 2021, a mob of Thuggish yabos smashed their way into our capital, assaulted police officers, and attempted to disrupt the certification of Joe Biden's electoral victory. For the first time in 220 years, there was no peaceful transfer of power. To a few of us here today, this is a solemn and most momentous occasion. And yet in the history of our nation, it is a commonplace occurrence. The orderly transfer of authority as called for in the Constitution routinely takes place as it has for almost two centuries. And few of us stop to think how unique we really are. And who was ultimately responsible for this ugliness? Who lit the fire under that mob? 
why the sitting president of the United States, Donald Trump, that's who. But he had lots of help. Only a handful of Republicans offered any meaningful rebuke. Uh, the rest of them, these supine, spineless bunch, they quickly fell into line with the huckster-in-chief trumpeting his big lie about a stolen election. There's a name for people like this. Traitors. Don't shy away from it. A traitor is simply someone who betrays. These grasping, gutless GOP goons like Jim Jordan and Mo Brooks and Kevin McCarthy, they've betrayed their oath to defend the Constitution. They betrayed their nation. They betrayed every notion of decency. And they've betrayed you by consistently, constantly lying to you. And they think you're too dumb to notice. They need to be held accountable. And that's where the January 6th Commission comes in. Last Thursday, they began to lay out in clear, stark, compelling detail, not just what happened on January 6th, but the concerted, deliberate, months-long plot by Trump and his allies in Congress and the media to illegally subvert our democracy and overthrow our duly elected government. And this is where you come in. Your nation needs you to pay attention. Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the commission will continue presenting its uh, its findings. Tune in as much as you can. If you can't watch live, you can always watch the highlights on uh, online or you know in in replays. Um, all the major network cable and broadcast are covering this. Well. All except one, which is that one. It's uh, it begins with an F. It's the um, fascist network. Uh, it's close, but not quite. Uh, phony news. I'm getting warmer, but um, oh, oh yeah, I remember. Fuck the news. Let's just do propaganda. You can tell if you've landed on fuck the news. You'll see a guy named Tucker Carlson, and he's going to have a face like this. It's a little like he's struggling with the concept of conscience or just wondering where he hid his testicles. <laughs> Don't worry, Tucker. Don't bother. You never had me to begin with. So that's the deal. It's simple. Pay attention. Take this seriously. Reelect these Trumpist big lie Republicans and kiss goodbye uh, honest fair elections and the rule of law and take it from somebody who's visited countries without a rule of law. You don't want to live there, okay? <laughs> Thanks for your time. I'm Ron Reagan, still not afraid of burning in hell, but very worried that our democracy might go up in flames. Oh. Well, I, I appreciate uh, Ron doing that video. And um, I, I've, got about, I've got about 30 seconds for you, Rachel, and you, David. Give us, give us your take. What do, you think, what do you think Ron Reagan would ask his dad? President Ronald Reagan in this moment? What do you think he'd be asking him? And what do you think Ronald Reagan would say? Ronald Reagan would fucking burn these motherfuckers down, dude. He was no traitor. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and junior there is dead on fucking right. We got to call it what it is. It's treason. It's being a traitor. Do that at republicantreason.net. Uh, Thank you, Rachel. Just a, a fact check. He's not junior. They have a different middle name. So he's oh, Ronald, okay. Okay. Ronald Reagan. But what he would say to his father is, uh, I wish you were here. Yes. If he were, he would take them on just as John McCain did. 
Right. I, he would not tolerate this. I, I appreciate both of you coming. Thank you very much. Um, you guys should join us in the rest of the week. Again, we're going to have c- coverage here on the Midas Media Network. Um, everyone knows uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we have more hearings at the same exact time. Hopefully, we won't have a delay with witnesses, but we will start at the exact same time, um, 9, 9 a.m., Eastern uh, for those hearings. So please, you two are welcome to join us and everyone else join us uh, for that coverage on the Midas Media Network. Don't forget to download these podcasts, uh, the Midas Touch podcast. I believe they're going to put these all these up on the directories as well, Apple, Spotify, and Google. And go go also subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Tony Michaels Podcast, if you enjoyed our production of the broadcast here. Don't forget, don't forget, just like the bat says, justice is your promo code for 10% off all the merch at store.midastouch.com. So visit us there. Um, and then when you I, think of massive dumps, think of right. Gabe Sanchez. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, we're, we'll, again, we will be broadcasting on Wednesday. Uh, and please subscribe to Midas Touch YouTube channel, our YouTube channel. Do not miss the Wednesday broadcast or the Thursday. They will always be on repeat and replay there. Uh, thank you for joining us for our coverage of the January 6th uh, select hearings. Uh, this is day two of the live hearing coverage. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Tony Michaels Podcast. In your face commentary of current events and political news. No rules, no boundaries. I think we've made that perfectly clear. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. In the meantime, follow Tony on social media at the Tony Michaels. And until next time, raise a fist and repeat after me. Fuck them.